We're all ready, right? Mm-hmm. We're good? Mm-hmm. Yeah? Yeah. We're ready to go. Welcome to Pop Culture Over Pizza. Oh, wow. We're getting there, so we have, we have to do it that way, right? This is going to be the second to last episode of Pop Culture Over Pizza. Plus, plus, this is also going to be um, a semi-inaugural. semi-inaugural beginning to the Get Geek podcast, which is what we're transitioning into. So, we're saying goodbye to Pop Culture Over Pizza, but rising out of the ashes like a phoenix is the Get Geek Podcast. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to try to change the focus up a little bit. Some of our podcasts will be some of our uh, favorite fights, uh, favorite movies. We're going to do a lot more big favorite discussions or top tens, things like that. So we're going to try to focus a little bit more on the wider world of pop culture because, hey, everything's been dominated by Marvel and Disney, Disney and Star Wars um, but now Funny there's that you say that. so much more to branch out to. Absolutely. Well, I mean, yeah, I, I guess it is funny that I say that since this particular podcast is going to be about a Disney Star Wars <laughs> show. Because it is the way. But it is the way and this because way. of its breakout star, which yeah. I think most people who are watching this and have seen it, The Mandalorian know it, who that except is. Except for our UK and European listeners, which... Spoilers. Um, Disney Plus doesn't come out until March of next year. Well, what is it? It's like U.S., what? Canada, and like Norway of all places. That's I think crazy. Are like the three places where Disney Plus has been released so far. I I, I don't get it. So we apologize. Um, this is going to be a spoiler heavy episode. But before we begin, guys, say hello. This is Metatron, soon to hack out his grace. Oh boy. <laughs> uh, this is Wolfie. What's up, guys? Eli, what's poppin' Jimbo? What's up, guys? This is Jose. Y'all know me. And as always, this is Walt. Let's get into our geek outs. Who wants to start this week? Mine is kind of general, so I'll start it out. And it's kind of it's it's a little silly, but um, I'll say that for me. So you know, everybody here, we're all gamers. We've all enjoyed video games, but like over the last couple of years or so, I've just been so busy with a lot of things. And I know that some of you guys relate. Like, it's a little hard to find time to play video games sometimes, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Um, de- it's definitely tough, but, like, recently I've been jumping back into gaming a lot more. Uh, got, like, EA Pass for the EA Access Pass for uh, Xbox Live. How is that? I like it. I mean, it's allowing me to play some games that I, I didn't really get a chance to play before. And, you know, I got, I'm a big Battlefield fan, so I jumped on Battlefield Five, and I've been playing that a, a decent amount lately. Um, Does it do first first day releases, or do you have to wait for... I think you have to wait for some of the releases. I'm not entirely sure, though. I'm still like exploring what's going on with gotcha. the EA Access Pass. Um, actually, you know what I think it is? I think um, with new releases, I saw something yesterday. What is the new the newest EA? There's a new EA sports game that I think just came out. And well, what they do is I think they have a limited, a limited like a couple of weeks where you can mess around with it when it first comes out and then it comes off the service and then probably you, comes back later. Are you able to play Fallen Jedi? Uh, oh, Fallen, Fallen Order? Fallen Order, yes, I'm sorry. I haven't seen that yet. Okay. I don't think so. Because that's an EA so. game. Yeah, you're, you're right. It is an yeah. EA game. I have to double check that. But like, yeah, I mean, my general geek out, I don't want to go too long on yeah, it yeah, anyway. Yeah. It's just All like, right. I've been gaming again lately. I was just curious. You know, like I've been hitting the hitting the Xbox a little bit more. Like a lot of what I've been doing in gaming recently was just mobile games because that's all you can find time for sometimes, you know, when yeah, you've got true. a busy adult life. As an yeah. adult, 
Um, <laughs> but, you know, I've been making a little more time to, like, jump into, like, some, you know, relaxing gaming on my Xbox 360 again, which I haven't really done t- on a regular basis in probably the last two years. So my geek out is pretty simple. I'm just enjoying video games again and taking a little more time to enjoy that pastime of mine that I've had for, for so long. So that's my geek out of the week. I'll pass it on to whoever else has something a little more specific. Who's next? Incredible Hulk. Yeah, that's my geek out. Jumping into Disney Plus Fair. Which one? Which one? That's Incredible Hulk 96 animated show. Nice, nice. Um, I've I've been I haven't see. Here's the thing, I have uh the me and Walt, we have the disc for like the first one, two, three, four episodes. Mm-hmm. I saw that, but I, I, I'm sorry, I have a gripe with Disney Plus. I'm gonna voice this here right now. And there's always a gripe from most people these so days. It's a growing service. It, but but this th- for me, this is kind of unforgivable. Mm. Uh, I'm sorry. Why was that? What what they did was. I was expecting to see those first four episodes at the top of the season one list. But what is at the top of the season one list? Mm-hmm. The last three episodes of the season. That's right. You mentioned that. I think yeah, you mentioned that yesterday when we were having a conversation about it. Like for me, that's that's a tra- that that is that is a travesty. How I, I get that they're managing a lot of material, but you can't put the in the right order. Quality control slipped up on that one, that's for sure. Yeah, so that's that's. But otherwise, I've been enjoying watching the show. Uh, I, I'm gonna that that that's just in a, a little aside. Don't don't make that go. Oh well, I'm not gonna get Disney Plus now. They don't even know how to manage their uh, organizational stuff. No, uh, I still really like the the '96 show. Um, oh, <laughs> I forgot just how he says. Eat, <laughs> eat green so many. You, he, for me, the Hulk is supposed to be really angry, but like, it seems like every other episode, despite being a- angry, he makes it a point to make a cheesy Hulk pun. <laughs> it's so it's so jarring. Like the real cartoons. Hulk would probably not. Like yeah, I know. <laughs> the real Hulk nowadays is like rawr. Uh, <laughs> <Exactly>. I'm angry. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Look at me now. Uh, although, although, yeah, they've kind of turned. Ooh, uh, smash. <laughs> <laughs> they turned Mark Ruffalo's Hulk a little bit into that pun machine, though, too. The, with the Lou Ferrigno yeah, doesn't like, like it. movies. <laughs> Yeah, Lou, Lou Ferrigno is not liking the MCU version of the Hulk. Well, hey, he was—he's the one who said "puny god," so he can't really talk very much. He had a little joke in there at the end of the Avengers film. That was Lou Ferrigno. You know that, right? Was that? I yeah. did not know that. I think I think he was. Yeah, it was Lou Ferrigno's voice in Avengers and Age of Ultron. It wasn't Mark Ruffalo until I think really? Thor Ragnarok. I didn't what? know that either until I read it recently. Because wow, I was reading, man, I did not know that. I was reading about that same thing that Walt is talking about right now. How mm-hmm. Lou Ferrigno doesn't like what they've done with the Hulk in the yep. MCU. I, I kind of agree with him. And uh, yeah, I noticed that. Yeah, it's it's getting a little bit too comedic. I think Thor it works better, but Hulk has never really been like it. It doesn't fit him as well because he's not yeah. as much of a fish out of water like Thor is, where you can I, make that humor secret, work. I'm angry all the time. Yeah, I guess I mean not that anymore. was an okay line. 
now yeah. he's just dabbing all the time. <laughs> the other thing that I I've don't know. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> don't just just don't. <laughs> oh my god! The other the other thing that I've been watching recently, uh, Rick and Morty season four. Like that is that is just it it's it's out there. I love it so much. I didn't know Rick was Spanish. Uh, yes, Rick Sanchez. Yeah, <laughs> I I, fo- I just found that out recently. That just blew my mind. <coughs> yeah. Do you want to develop an app? <laughs> what? What? Do you want to develop an app? What kind of app? What are we talking about? This, uh, so, it's a random. I would like to know what. <laughs> random questions. Yeah, I'm, I'm. We're all out here. Inside joke. Okay. Oh. <laughs> the inside joke doesn't work if you're the only person on the inside. <laughs> inside joke. It's from Rick and Morty season four so that none of the us listeners out there who've watched it, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> you Rick and Morty fans, you're probably laughing your butts off right now. Yeah, that's so. that's basically what Sorry. I've been geeking out over. <laughs> yeah. Alright. But do you seriously want to develop an app? <laughs> yes. Uh We'll find out more if it's gonna afterwards. make me a million dollars, yeah, sure. I'm, I'm all in <laughs> the get geek app. Um, so, so I just, uh, I mean, I've been kind of geeking out over like everything Disney Plus as far as like the shows go mm-hmm. and stuff like that. I mean, I, I've been like, I'm like on season three of X Men, and it's only been like uh, a little bit over a week, you know. There's um, a there's a uh, trend going on here, yeah, but that's not what I'm geeking most out of. I'm geeking out over um, over Ford versus Ferrari, which I just came from the theater to see. I'm so jealous. I'm not going to spoil anything um, for does, the table. Does Ford fight Ferrari? It's the best fight scene <laughs> in movies. <laughs> <It's definitely not laughs> best fight scene. <laughs> no, but you know what? So like, I'm I'm a I, I don't I I strain myself to call myself like a car enthusiast, but I'm a fan of um, car culture and stuff like that. I grew up like kind of just. Being a fan of like import cars and you know later in life uh, you know muscle cars and just the car industry in, in general, um, and uh, just the history of of how racing essentially came to be, and one of the classic stories is you know Ford taking on Ferrari, um, and the story centers mostly around Ford taking on Ferrari, not for the noble the noble reason of of trying to just best them in the, the the best way possible through engineering and racing, but mostly as a marketing ploy, you know. Um, it's always about money. It's always about money, and this the, the movie definitely kind of exemplifies that in how these real-life events took place. Um, I knew a little bit about the actual story in real life, and I would say that the movie stayed quite true to... Um, to the actual, actual. events in, in, in real life. Uh, there's maybe a couple things that that did happen or didn't happen and stuff like that, but the movie was as accurate, I think, as, as it could be from the standpoint of, uh, you know, from what I know of of Carol Shel- Shelby's character, his way of doing, doing business and stuff. Um, I didn't know much about Ken Miles, so this was nice to see Christian Bale uh, portraying Ken Miles and and kind of like getting an insight into who he was, um, and uh, and I fully I, I feel like you know I am a little bit of a biased fan of Christian Bale's, but I feel like this is another role where he can totally get 
uh, supporting uh, actor Nod in the upcoming award season. Um, so, so we'll see. But uh, the only the only little gripe that I have is they didn't feature. I think they featured Lee Iacocca in the movie, who was played by John Bernthal, and oh I think really? he did a great job because you know this is a very different mm -hmm. role for John Bernthal. Yeah, he yeah, always yeah, plays kind of like the rough redneck or the military guy and stuff like that, and he's playing a Lee Iacocca who's an executive for Ford, um, trying to play the nice middleman, trying to make everyone happy. So how do you think you know? he did? I think in he the did role. great. I think he did. He did awesome. Um, I just think that, like, from what I understand, as far as Lee Iacocca's uh, involvement in 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 this whole venture of the GT forty development and taking on Ferrari and and the Le Mans and all that stuff and 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 Shelby and his relationship with Carroll Shelby, I felt like it wasn't explored as much as I believe. Um, the, the real story is but uh, aside from that I thought the movie was wonderful from beginning to end um, there were a lot of uh, maybe because I'm a racing fan there were a lot of moments where like you know I was like like I could feel my legs like just like like burning from like you know my heart pumping and stuff like that just like you know in anticipation or like wondering what how things are going to play out and stuff like that just you know the racings and all that stuff so I'm uh, so yeah I'm geeking out over that I heard so. the the Ford GT was a a star in the in the movie. Is oh that my true? god! Absolutely. I mean, they, that's Ford that's GT. the thing. They, mm -hmm. yes. the, the the GT forty, which is a, a legendary car by mm -hmm. any means, um, what definitely played like such a a a strong role in the movie. Um, and one thing that I loved about it is that, you know, through Ken Miles, which is uh, uh the character played by Christian Bale, um. They really kind of made you feel like, yes, this is a machine that's meant to go as fast as possible that you're supposed to push, mm -hmm. but that the machine also has like a, a relationship with their driver. And there's like this one very specific scene where Christian Bale is explaining to his son that like, yeah, you're the one pushing this machine to its limits, but that machine is groaning to you. It's it's letting you know how far it can go. It's like it's speaking to you. And and you have to listen to it. You can't just push it over the edge because, you know, it's going. You're going to destroy it, and it's going to destroy you. Mm -hmm. You know, you have to have a relationship with the machine, and be like <sighs> embody it. So like, Gosh, so that one scene, now. <laughs> that one scene where he's speaking to his kid, you know, kind of really made me feel like, like, he shows the difference between a a a true pure driver mm -hmm. versus just a vehicle pilot yeah you know and 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 you know that that difference was very very important as far as like um why certain people were chosen to drive cars and so on and so forth in races and stuff so yeah. which plays a very 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 big part of the uh story of the movie so i like I definitely analogy. definitely recommend watching the movie if you're a fan of um uh kind of i want to say like light-hearted drama because there's there's comedy in there just in the the, the way that the, the characters are portrayed by Matt Damon who did an awesome job as Carol Shelby. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I love the cowboy style that he that he played. Okay. Um and uh there's definitely like a tearjerker moment a couple times in the movie. So um 
So just be ready for that. I mean, if 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 you have like I personally have like my weakness is like father son relationships and movies and stuff. Mm-hmm. And like he this is this movie is definitely a great father son movie. A huge huge little father son kind of uh, storyline there. I there wanted to, I wanted to see it before. I heard from somebody else that it was awesome. I wanted to see it more. Now that I'm hearing it from you, I wanted to see it. I want to see it even more. You better go get a ticket. Yeah, I, I, I need to go see it. That's two so. people that, that I really respect their opinions that have said that this is an incredibly awesome movie that yeah. everybody yeah. in this in this household needs to go see. Yeah. So um, I got to get me a ticket. Yeah, absolutely. Hard so. to get a ticket. Yeah. Eli, you're up next. What's your geek out? Well, I didn't really have much to geek out on because I didn't even... To be honest, I didn't know what to actually geek out on because, yeah, I didn't have much. But, um, basically, all I'm going to put out there is a theory. I know I put Broly on the sheet that we use. Mm-hmm. It's not Broly. Yeah. Uh, it's actually about the Mor- Moro saga. Moro saga. Oh, okay. Okay. Dragon it's Ball Super. Yeah, this not, is spoilers. Um, spoilers. You gotta, okay, so spoilers. Okay. Shut his ears for this one. Let, let's put the spoiler wall up for this one. Okay. okay. I've read spoiler it, so. alerts starting right. I've read. I've read the the magnet now. all the way current and Go. yeah, spoilers starting now. Meta, you know what to do. Go ahead. Wait, Go what ahead. spoilers? Well, what, go ahead, say whatever you're going to say, because I, I don't think Meta wants to hear anything yeah. about the Moro arc at all. That's really what it is. So whatever oh. you got to say, say it now that he's got his ears covered, basically. He's got earmuffs. Majin Vegeta and Majub. What do, what do you mean? Like, you think they're going to be involved in it somehow? Yes. Well, that's true, because Boo is kind of involved in the story of Moro and all of that. So I can, I can definitely see that being something that can include in this storyline. I heard that Majin Buu... Um, Played a big role in the um, in the um, in yes. the in the manga, and I and it's mm-hmm. kind of obvious since they're basically related to Bobbity. But there's there's a good there's a good part with uh, there's a really good part with Majin with Majin Buu in this. <laughs> I mean, wait, how how far have you gotten, Eli? How far have you read into the manga? <laughs> I haven't even read the manga. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you've just been reading about it, even though you haven't read it, right? I haven't even read about it. I'm just, I'm just, just making, making it up. Theory. Just get Shonen Jump app, and you can read it for free on there. You know that. No. You know, is it really? Yeah, I've been reading most of them for free. Dude, I, I think it's, I think it's the last couple of, or you know what? I, I think on Shonen Jump they have at least the last few chapters for free, and the first few chapters. So they do have something you have to pay for, but it's also like two bucks a month. I'm thinking of getting it just so I can read manga whenever the heck I want. Andre's so sh- dressed right now. I can hear his breathing all the way from over here. <laughs> oh, I thought you were right. sleeping. You could obviously you like so hear us, Andre. From last night's marathon run. Of <laughs> He's recording. He's really good at not healing spoilers or, or hearing spoilers. All right, so uh, does that wrap so up your theory? you're just trying to mask everything yeah. by breathing really loud. Maju. <laughs> All right, all right. Earmuffs can come off, man. Earmuffs can come off. See, he Maju. heard that. Maju. He heard that. So. I'm sorry if I'm speaking too loud into the mic, but I'm trying to alert Meadow to remove the earmuffs. Oh, my gosh. All right, all right. So what else we got? Wait, did you, yeah, you, it's uh, Walt. What are, you, what are you geeking out about, right? So um, I've been geeking out over Disney+. Plus. 
So Disney Plus came out November 12th, and um, it has a ton of stuff on it. There's a, a lot of older movies, Star Wars, Marvel, mm-hmm. National Geographic stuff, Pixar. Mm-hmm. Um, I've actually been going through their original stuff. So I've been, I've been really um, geeking out over like what are, what are some of the things they have they have so they have a, a whole bunch of original stuff that came along along with the um, launch of this. I'm sorry because we we're, we have a, a bunch of things going on here. But anyway, um, the launch came out. It was marred by um, dropouts. It was marred by people not being able to oh, get on the service I've, for at I've least had the a first couple. half. Yeah. And uh, you said that you're still continuing to have issues, right? Well, I, I, it works fine with my Samsung Galaxy, uh, my S9. I have the, uh, an older Kindle Fire tablet. It's not logging in there properly. Okay. I've had issues on my MacBook Pro, but they're more sporadic. Usually it works. Sometimes it doesn't. And um, what else? What else? Um, well, we we haven't uh, we haven't had the yeah, issues. That it's a device. It's a device issue in some cases. The o- the only thing oh, is I'm that sorry, the Fire TV I'm using it on, and it's had no problems on my Fire right. Stick 4K. So I guess it's device specific as to the the, the level of um, issues yeah. you have and stuff. Well, the device makes it worse. There are people who are experiencing that problem with like more common devices like mm. iPhones and stuff like that. But okay. a lot of that has to do sometimes with like. With like having people having to reset their IP or something like that by calling okay. Disney Plus customer service. Mm-hmm. Apparently, yeah, that's a fix. If anybody needs to know, apparently, there if you go. get error code eighty three, which is one of the more common ones, dropping out. Get technical here, people. If you get error code eighty three on Disney Plus, there's a few ways you can go about it. Reinstall the app is one. I actually did that on my Samsung Galaxy. Reboot um, your phone is the other. Rebooting your phone is one way. That's, that's always correct. a good thing. That's always a good thing to do whenever you have problems with your phone. Mm-hmm. Restarting your router might help, actually, yes. in some cases. Yep. Or um, um, and if none of those work, apparently you can talk to Disney customer service, Disney Plus customer service, and have them reset your IP address. And th- those are some workarounds, apparently, to fix the problems that people are having. So anyway, but continue with your with your geek out. Yeah, so we haven't we haven't had um, issues on that level. Um, I, I do say that I find the UI a little bit wonky, especially when it comes to w- trying to binge watch some stuff. Or if you're yeah. watching something, get out and then you come back, you get. So let, let's say, for example, Autoplay doesn't always work. Yeah, right. It, it doesn't. And then. What happens is we ha- we were we were going to be reviewing the Mandalorian later, right? Mm-hmm. But I wanted to rewatch some of the episodes, mm-hmm. and on some of the episodes, I stopped actually Midway right before. Or something no, or? not even that. Like toward the end, when when you're into the credits, mm-hmm. and when I went to go back, it didn't give me the option to play from the beginning. So now I have to sit there and hold the button and rewind yeah. ten seconds at a time. That is really, really not the way to go when you want to go watch something. It gets very frustrating. I'll give it to them yeah. though, because for for just having launched the app, it works pretty well. I, I mean, it's not perfect. Yeah, I, I guess. It's just growing pains, you know. Plus, when you consider they got what ten million subscribers on the first day, all logging in on this one app. Yeah, but I think I think I think that's more performance issues. This is more um, user interface issues. That's something that they should have. They, I mean, you've got plenty of places to go look at i mean netflix is one of them they they've got it down right it's except for their autoplay of trailers and stuff like that yeah that's a lot of people don't like which i don't like it either disney actually does well they should they they should have it muted right right (laughs) what what did you say 
At least they get their episode numbers right. Yeah, exactly. that's important. So, so God. there are some things that, um, not performance-wise, but that these are some things that you know you had enough time. You didn't rush this thing out. You had enough time to think this through. Um, um so. I got a question. Yeah. Uh, sometimes in using the apps on on mobile, there's there's issues even like not just with how the interface is set up, but with the way you. With your touch input, sometimes I'll try to be scrolling and I have to do it a bunch of times on yeah. different devices. You have that same problem? It's sometimes I don't. Yeah, so, so it's, know, it, there are some UI problems. Yeah, for sure. so, so that's something that, that I'm certain they're going to clean up. Um, but anyway, I, I'm not going to talk about the stuff like, you know, all the Marvel and Star Wars stuff. I am going to talk about the original series because I've, I've kind of been diving into those. I was curious to see which ones I would like and which ones I wouldn't. Similar to the way I did with Apple TV. Mm -hmm. um, and I will tell you this, I have not come back to Apple TV. What about Plus. Well, you're, you know you're still watching C, though, right? That's the no, only one. No, I actually have not. You, oh, you haven't even watched I, it? I have. I, I think I finished C. I saw the last three or four episodes. The first three or four episodes, I haven't gone back. Okay. But it, it's so. a, that's also like, like um, Disney Plus. They're releasing it weekly it's not a binge yes correct right? okay correct so so i imagine you will get back to it i will but, but you know what we'll it's see. not on my to-do list it's not high on my to-do list hmm. again it, it was one of those shows that i was kind of hoping that it was going to get better and it really has kind of main streamline mainlined flatlined flatlined yeah. whatever you want to call it and stuff i'm not desperate to go see it um but oh, okay like i said i've been i've been checking out some of the stuff i've seen encore and Encore, what what that is on Disney Plus is that they take um, that's hosted by Kristen Bell, oh, and yeah, what she does is they they go back in time to kids who were in high school doing musicals, and twenty years later they reunite them to redo that musical again. Oh, that's kind of cool. So mm. it's it's pretty good, and it's, like it's a nice human interest like type. Absolutely, show. and you know some yeah. of the stories that come out of it, they're you know. They get you all emotional and teary-eyed. And, and just seeing them work, because they have a week to practice. Okay, after to, not doing it for 20 right, years. Right, exactly. But <laughs> the level of talent that they're getting on the, on the production side, I mean, um, I think the last one was Beauty and the Beast that they did, and they brought in the North American producer for The Lion King to help them out. So they're getting, they're getting top-level you know, assistance to get them through this. And they actually do a good job. And like I said, Aren't it's the stories of the people. So that's really, really cool. Aren't they doing like the sound of music now? Yes, that's the third episode. So the first episode was um, Wicked, I think it was. No, yeah. Annie, I'm sorry. Annie. It was Annie. Then they did Beauty and the Beast. And now mm -hmm. they're doing the sound of music. Um, so that's that's a pretty good one. If you're into like the musicals and stuff like that, you'll mm -hmm. enjoy that. Um, the other thing is called Marvel's Hero Project, and that's where they look and they take kids, right, oh, that are exceptional, that right, and they're doing stuff in their community. I got to tell you, that is another one that it's just an inspiring show. The first one um, was about a girl that has limb difference, so she's missing one limb, and how she's become an advocate for those people. The second episode is... Um, about a kid called Elijah, named Elijah. <gasps> and he is speaking out everywhere. He's leading marches against child abuse. And this, these kids are like 11 years old. And let me tell you something. Mm -hmm. The stuff that they're doing now, there are adults that have not done what they've done 
in their 11 years of life on this earth. So uh, that is a very inspiring show. Um, if you want to be inspired, go check that one out. Uh, All right. The other ones that I've seen, and there's Forky Ask a Question. So those are pretty cool. Those are like two-minute segments. Um, and it's Forky from Toy Story 4. Uh, Tony Hale is voicing him. Buster. Um, that's just that's just something that if you want if you have two minutes and you just want to laugh and kick around and just smile, go watch that. Um, Spark Shorts. Now you guys are all familiar with Pixar movies, right? So Pixar movies has that short in the beginning of the movie before they actually show your feet the feature. Yeah, that's what this is. So just, they uh, have it's and just assemble it into a anthology of sorts. Right. So they have right now currently on there. I think they have four new original ones. Um, and of course, Pixar does what Pixar does best, and it makes you cry. You know what I'm saying? So if you want to cry, go watch that. But the thing that I've been really, 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 really geeking out over is the world according to Jeff, Jeff Goldblum. Goldblum. <laughs> that man is a national treasure. That's all I got to say. The oh, first yeah. episode is Thank about sneakers. So he, he devotes an entire episode on why people love sneakers in the ways only Jeff Goldblum can do. Yeah, that, the second that episode is, is about fantastic. the second episode is about ice cream and why ice cream is important to people and the emotions that it elicits. And again, he does it in only the way that Jeff Goldblum can do it. And the latest episode is about tattoos. Yeah, I've seen two. I haven't seen the second one yet because we saw yes. the tattoo one together a couple of days. Exactly. Ago. That first sneaker episode was fantastic, especially oh, yeah. when was, he went uh, to go see. Uh, fantastic. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Especially when he went to the Adidas or Adidas plant. Oh, yeah. The Adidas, Adidas. And uh, Adidas. he had his nemesis who, let me, so you've seen the episode, right? Yeah, like, I don't know. Is this something that can be spoiled? I no, guess? no, I, I just want to ask can. you. I think you can spoil it. I just want to ask you. Mm -hmm. Jeff Goldblum and his run. Oh, yeah. Oh what do they call God. it? Oh, my God. Bopping. His bopping. I, I don't even know that I'm bopping. I, this is how I run. He's yeah. a bopper. He's a bopper. He's got a very animated run. It's, it's, it's pure joy watching Jeff Goldblum run. <laughs> um, this is so a... dainty. Yes, I know. Oh, my God. And the way his legs just kind of flare out. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And just, the, the frolic in the later episode, that was entertaining oh as well. Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. Okay. <laughs> um... Go watch, go watch that one. That is probably my favorite show on the Disney Plus um, app right now. It's a show that I start watching, and I'm smiling from start to finish. And there are very few shows that do that for me. <laughs> Jeff Globum is freaking awesome. He's a national treasure. So that is my geek out. So um, we're going to transition from Disney Plus to Disney Plus. Yeah? Yeah, we're going to transition to Disney Plus's flagship, basically. Yes, right now. The, the show that has... That teaches us that this is the way. Exactly. This is the way. Because I have spoken. <laughs> oh my god I dude, love that guy that guy awesome. is awesome too freaking Nick Nolte dude yes, I oh know. my god seriously yeah yeah it's Nick Nolte there's I'm, so many I'm random gonna, people in this show I'm gonna find a way to incorporate that in my in my job 
So anytime somebody speaks I have to spoken. them, I'm, I'm going to say, this is what it is. This is what you I need to spoken. do. I have spoken. Um, That's going to be my catchphrase at the hospital. So I guess we should definitely say now, like, spoiler, 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 spoiler alert. Yes, there is not going to be a spoiler-free thing. Um, so we're putting up the spoiler wall right now. Spoilerific. Spoiler. Spoilers are ready to go. Yes. Okay. There is no way we can <laughs> talk about this without spoiling anything. So we're going to... We're How are we going to do this? We should do a recap of each episode? Well, I, I just... Three? I do want to start off randomly or, or, or by, by pointing out that, like, for me, it looks like this show is basically like, if you're famous and you like Star Wars, you will get a cameo on this show, is what it seems like to me so far. Because what? The first episode, we had Horatio Sands. That was the blue alien guy. Mm-hmm. Brian Posen, the comedian, was the, was the guy that got eaten by the by that monster when he dropped him off the ship. He was the taxi driver guy that took Horatio yes. Sands and the yes, other guy yes, yes, and, yes, and, yes. Man, and Mando mm-hmm. to his ship and then got eaten by that monster. Mando has a name, by the Brian way. Brian Posen. Yeah, he has a name. We won't, well, Stop. It hasn't, it hasn't, it hasn't been, been revealed. The show yet. will tell yes. me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I sort of Gosh. agree, even though I kind of saw it. Yeah, but I feel like yeah, like the, if if you're a fan of Star Wars and you ever wanted to be in something Star Wars related, even if it's just a cameo, I feel like this is the show where your dreams are gonna come true. Oh, absolutely. I've noted, absolutely. noticed so far. Yeah, all all the dreams, all of the dreams. This Listen. only applies well, for real men. <laughs> well, you know what? I have a thought on that, and oh we're boy. gonna we're gonna get to that Gosh. when we get. No, I'm listen. I'm gonna vindicate you. Let's not forget. I'm gonna vindicate you, Wolf. Okay. I'm gonna vindicate you. It's okay. Boba Fett's been in every episode so far. Because I have, I have. Looks I like have it anyway. A question, concern, um, inquiry that I'm okay. gonna put to you guys. Okay. But let's get into the episode. Well, let's let's, let's okay. Let's what, start this way. On? I think. I think I know what everybody's gonna basically say. It's awesome. But what does everybody think about it so far? Phenomenal. phenomenal Absolutely phenomenal. Right? Yeah. I love it. I love it. Oh god. Okay, so I, I cannot I cannot understand some of the critics, but again, once we get into the episodes, we can get into those specific things that the critics are going at. Okay, um, so yeah, definitely want to uh, hear for about me, the critics. Awesome. I didn't realize there were any. Yeah, I don't even care what the critics think on this one. I don't I don't care what critics think about anything practically anymore. Sometimes it helps me find and things that's to watch why, a little that's bit. That's why we're doing Get no. Geek because you know what, we are the target audience that these shows are going after. The geeks. You know what I'm saying? We're the geeks. Exactly. We're the ones that live Star Wars and stuff like that. And that's why Get Geek is so important because, you know what? We wanted to have a voice for all the people that we don't want to hear what New York Times has to say about The Mandalorian. We want to hear what the fans have to say about Mandalorian. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. So that's why we're doing But anyway, enough of that. Let's get into The Mandalorian. Okay. So I just want to say my quick impressions. What I, what I like about it so far, I've mentioned it to you guys, is like, the way the way the show is paced to me is so far perfect, okay? Because so there's some people who have issues with the you know the runtimes being so different every week. But you know what? I think it's it's to your point. I think it's perfect because you get rid of all the filler. That's what I'm saying. Well, like to to to, to expand upon that, what I like about it is each week's episode features a, a a tight conflict that has to be dealt with so far. And I like how each episode has some conflict that Mando has had to overcome or overcome with somebody's help or, like, something he's had to figure out in each episode. But the overall story is is taking its time to develop. I like that because you have 
the character, the big character that was introduced, of course, the child, otherwise known as Baby Yoda. And we've learned a, a li- just a little bit about him so far. All we know is that he has force powers, pretty much. That, We're getting that, ahead. that was kind of a given. That was, that, was, that was kind of a given. But We're getting ahead of we, ourselves here. Right, right. No, I, I understand. But like, the, I'm just saying like, in, in the way that it's framed, I like how the show is taking its time with the overarching narrative and not giving away too much. Although I have a little bit of an idea of what I think that they're doing, and we'll get to that in a bit. What do you think, Eli, of the show so far? Well, I like how it's each episode, it has like, like you said, it has like every obstacle that Mando has to face. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like how they leave it off not as something suspenseful. I mean, it's hard to explain. It, they don't leave it off like a ha- cliffhanger. Um, they leave it more off like. Right. Because he has, he has his like, issue of the week. Basically. Yeah, like let's go on an advent an adventure type of thing. It's it's just weird, hard to explain, but it's 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 really it's a really good show, and especially the first episode and the second, especially those the first three episodes, it's it's developing over time, mm-hmm. and the main conflict isn't even here and isn't even um in the show yet, and mm-hmm. it's. Still phenomenal. 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 <laughs> Something like a phenomenon? Yeah. yeah. Something. So you're basically yeah, you're 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 basically agreeing with me in a way. Like the way that the show is set up is is perfectly paced. That's what that's what I think is my favorite part of it so far. Yeah. As in in terms of it not just being awesome Star Wars content, but just the way that they're well, proceeding through it. And going back to what you said about the critics. I don't. I don't think that um, what the critics say are like. I don't. Re- I don't really follow critics like you, you guys like uh you guys said, and that's because critics don't necessarily know. No, critics don't necessarily know a lot about Star Wars. Depending, and that doesn't go for all the critics, but most of them are just there to just there to i guess grade the show so i'm not really worried about what the critics say because this they're not in 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 quotation marks they're not necessarily professional when it comes to uh geeky stuff like that they're not fans like you yeah but i mean i mean that kind of like speaks to what walt was saying about the the get geek podcast because we all consider ourselves fans of geeky stuff, but we also love, you know, I guess talking about the the main conflict over the last couple of weeks about Scorsese and all that. I love some Scorsese mm-hmm. movies. You know, I think we all have broad interests when it comes to this kind of stuff. So we can yes. love like really nerdy stuff. We can love campy stuff. We can love stuff that's guilty pleasure in quotes, um, which Star Wars we, isn't. And but then we can you know get into I mean. movies like Ford, Ford versus Ferrari, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and stuff like yep. that. So we had. We there's varied interests here. Yeah, you know when when I say like professional, I'm I'm not suggesting that like we're professionals. I'm just saying that like You're I'm not. What? Well, we're like we're I consider myself a professional. Okay, I I consider myself as like not a professional, but um yeah. Uh, anyway. You're a professional troll. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
What? What? Okay. Point your finger again. No, Point it. I don't consider our... Point it accusingly again. Because watch this, watch this, watch this. Um, what up? Forget it. I just forgot his name. <laughs> Damn it. Forgot whose name? It's all right. We'll get back to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll get back to it. All right. So everybody's impressions so far. Let's talk about the first episode. Yes. First episode. Every, okay. First <laughs> episode dropped on November 12th along with the launch of the Disney Plus, Plus app. Mm-hmm. Um, the first episode is... The platform, if you will. Yes, the platform. Um, has, the first episode has no title. Yes, it is. It's chapter one. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Just chapter one. So that was directed by my personal favorite, Dave Filoni. Mm-hmm. And that episode was written by John Favreau. I think all of them so far have been written by. Yes, by the him. first four the episodes. Whole show is his but the yeah, he's the he's the creator and he's the showrunner. Um, he's written four out of the. I mean, I'm sorry. He's written six out of the eight episodes. So the first four and the last two. Shout out to John Favreau for knocking all the superhero, Disney, and Star Wars stuff out of the park, except for the older Daredevil with Ben Affleck, which was okay. And, and can I say something? Um, I know this is a little bit innocuous, but um, are you digging the new Star Wars uh, intro? The, oh, the with Marvel the, style? The masks? Yes. Yeah, that's cool. I like it a lot. Oh, Some people I thought know. it's weird, but I, I Dude, really I like it. I do like that. I don't, I don't it's really, really cool. I don't it, think it, it's one of those things that it's like, you know, you you notice it. It's not something that you know, normally see in Star Wars. And I saw it and I was like, that's actually pretty cool. You know? Yeah, it is pretty cool. So I did want to mention it's that. refreshing. Yes. I, I'll go ahead, Eli. Go ahead. Uh, okay. I don't. I don't think it's necessarily weird. And for any listener, listeners who do, forget it. I'm not yeah, even going to say it. Don't be too it. nasty. But still, yeah, I think it's pretty abstract in the way that they did it, and how like it's more. It light it has shifts. a lot of yeah light lighting. Yeah, the lighting how it shifts. Yeah, exactly. Like the battle. Yeah. The mm-hmm. Yeah, the lightsabers. I think I think that's pretty cool. And yeah. It, it makes you think about, it, it gives you a context in Star Wars about how iconic it has been with all these awesome helmets. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because you have your Darth Vader helmet, your Kylo Ren helmet, the Stormtrooper helmet is in there. Like, I forget what the other ones are, but like... BB-8? Yeah, exactly. So, like, so they have some droids in there? Even so though the show doesn't give droids any love, <laughs> which is a continuation of Star Wars, but we'll get into that. No droids. Exactly. No. Yes. Well, I have to say I appreciate seeing like some good old CIS fighter droids. Yes. Like we'll the super get We'll get into that. Droidicas. So I mean, not droidicas. Show. Quick question. Is yes, it not droidicas. Not droidicas. helmet or is it a Mandalorian Sorry, sorry. Helmet? Which one? I think it's In the spe- Star Wars intro. I think it's specifically supposed to be Boba Fett. I, I think I see it as Boba Fett. It yeah. has to be because I, I have agree. all the classic helmets. It has to be Boba Fett. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Because I mean, regardless of what happens to him, because right, somebody somebody took his armor in in the, one of the canon stories, right? Like somebody took. His well, there's there's different stories. There's stories where he actually More comes out of yeah, the somebody uh, pit of carcoon. If I, if I'm not mistaken, that's a it's it's one of the extended universe stories, but not from one of the Lucasfilm licensed. Story. Right, there's oh, there's okay. different versions. Yeah, because there's like know? a point where like they started like their unlicensed books and novels that were yeah, people were so just going crazy with those. It. Those don't count. So uh, so there's one that he comes out of the great pit of Karkum, right, out of the Sarlacc's mouth. Yes. And then there's another one where they find his armor outside of the pit. So there there's a couple of stories that are out there. 
if I'm not mistaken. Right. right. So, anyway. It's Boba Fett, though. Yes. So this takes place five years after the Trade fall Jedi. of the Galactic Empire. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, um, well, what do you guys think about that episode? That episode was steeped, steeped in Star Wars lore, as only Dave Filoni can do. Um, but we get we get that first scene, right? Where he's it it kind of tells you that this is going to be that space western mm-hmm. where he walks into the bar and he's going after his first mark. Mm-hmm. He's so. going after uh, Horatio Sands as a blue alien. Yes, um, that that first scene is pretty great because it shows you that like he you know he's a he's a Mandalorian, so he's he's part of a warring race, a race of warriors, and he definitely can kick some butt when he needs to, but. He's also like in the way that he interacts with Horatio Sanz's mark. He's not he's not malicious. You know what I mean? He's not like Boba Fett was a little more more malicious as a bounty hunter. And I'm not yeah. saying it's a bad thing. The Mandalorian was all about business. Exactly. The Mandalorian is all about business, and like he was fine with you know just dealing with Horatio Sanz's quips and jokes and like listening to him until he went downstairs and like, he went to look for his uh, his stash of weapons. And Mando realized what was going on, and then he threw him into the uh, into the the, the um, carbonite, the carbonite, the carbonite chamber. Thank you. Yeah. And uh, hey, now we know how people go to go to the bathroom in space. What was the name of it? The uh, vac tube. Yeah, the vac tube. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now we know how they go to the bathroom in space. Mm-hmm. That's one thing that I needed to know. Thank you, John Favreau. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Now, I now I'm good. Be all you know what I'm saying? Place. What if you get that on your windshield during hyperspace? Yeah, I wonder. Yeah, I guess it. it Don't be it. flying behind that when when somebody's really got to go, right? <laughs> well, that's a good opening scene, and then um, I have to give a special shout out because I'm happy to see him in in a role again. Thank you for returning Carl Weathers to the public consciousness. It's been so long since I've seen Apollo Creed in something, and I'm really happy to see Apollo Creed. I think the last movie was like what, that that Adam Sandler movie. Was uh, it? Yeah, he had a few other cameos. I don't remember, but I know that I've seen him in stuff after Happy Gilmore. At least he has like a main role in this though, which I enjoy. He, he did show up I on like a, his character. He did so have far. A, yeah, I like his character. Yeah, so far. yeah, he definitely still has the acting chops. He did show up uh, on a wall as a photo in Creed. Does that count? Oh yeah, that's right. Yes, yes. Yeah. I don't know if that so. counts. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just saying. So he plays a character called Grief, and he is kind of what Grief, is he? Grief Karga. Yeah, Grief Karga. He's like uh, he's like he's the, like the head of the guild. Is he, he the head or is no, he maybe, the, maybe not the head of the guild, but he's definitely like the bounty hunter manager, or at least the right, that, exactly. that chapter of the guild. All, you could like, say. Yeah, maybe because he, all he the bounty like hunters distrib- answers to him. Yeah, they, he distributes all yeah, the the, the jobs and whatnot. You know, the pucks as they call them. Exactly. Which is a cool new bit of I don't know if that's not been in anything before. That's a new bit of Star Wars lore, I guess, right? Right. I don't. Yeah, think, yeah, yeah. I, I like that. I that's don't true. remember it. So yeah, I like know. how they include that. It's, it's got the little hologram of your mark, yeah. and that actually comes into play when he when he has his later bounty, right? Uh, which we'll talk about in a moment. But right. That scene is also great in introducing us to Grief Karga and like what it is that he does for the Guild of Assassins or the Guild of Bounty Hunters, whatever it is, and you get to see that that bar where they all hang out which is pretty cool or cantina i guess we would call it since this is star wars yep so that's a that's a fun little set piece over there and we have the name of the planet it's the, the desert planet Ar- arvalala seven arvala i'm sorry arvala seven arvala seven so it's not tatooine yeah. okay. okay so we can we can dispel that notion you know what i'm saying um not every desert planet has to be tatooine 
you know. Well, he goes to another planet. He well, does. We'll, we'll get we'll get to that. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. So after after bringing back the mark, um, he visits grief, and he's looking for a new mark to go after. Mm-hmm. And it's quite clear that bounty hunting is not what it's cracked up to be. It's a complicated profession. It is. He's <laughs> <laughs> the, it, they're I'm not making pragmatic. Yeah, <laughs> they're not making the money that you think they would, right? Because yeah. he he does he does mention that you know he was like oh well you know what that's not even enough to get gas so what I like is it almost seems like they're tying that into the fall of the empire because the empire was probably one of their best clients yes you know what I mean which mm-hmm. is which is something that's really great well, about how they change how they added that to the lore of what's happened since Return of the Jedi well, and that well, plays that plays a part later on in some of the episodes too so yeah well I mean there's also the fact that like I mean like. You know, the whole thing is like uh, whenever kind of any uh, failed states occur, that money is useless at this point. You know what I mean? So, like, there's just like this flux of like, you know, uh, of, of, of money and credits, the economy and stuff like that. I mean, you know, one of one of those like in real world um, situations, like uh, countries that may have like dictatorships and stuff like that, they might be really evil. But the economy may still be working, mm-hmm. and one of the reasons not to topple over these governments may be so that the economy doesn't get destroyed for all its people. Right. And this is just one of the effects that I think that like they're dealing with that like now the the, the intergalactic economy is is kind of in flux. And know? and to they your point, too, yeah, exactly. Yeah. He to wouldn't even point, take the imperial. He didn't want yeah, to take the credits. What is yeah. it? What does the grief cargo say? These credits still spend. Yes. So in certain but he, circles, you but can instead still use the imperial credits. He took he took less money. He took half. Yeah, he, he took, took half. A different a different form what of was currency. It for? For it, was, half. Uh, it was uh, Admiral Akbar's race. It yes. was their currency. Um, they I can't are, remember what it was called, but um, oh my gosh, the Admiral Akbar. He is Jesus Christ. I can't remember his his race. Um, oh, I used to know that one. Yeah, yeah, me too. The, I, I used the to the name know of the currency. Calamari. Mon Calamarian. Yeah. There you go. Thank you. So. It was like pearls or something. Yeah, something like that. You know. So um, at that point, grief says, "Well, these might not be okay, but I do have a special one." And there's a long, there's a, there's a couple of things that smell different about this because it doesn't have the normal puck. It it's not going through the normal procedural things that they have. You know, they they're given a puck. They're given a picture of that hologram. They're given specific coordinates and things like that, and and he gets none of that. As a matter of fact, the guy tells him, "You got to go see the client." He just gets well his date of birth or something like that. Right? Well, he gets that from the client. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So he he says, "Well, this is gonna be a big money thing, but it's gonna be a face to face." Oh, by the way, I remembered that it's a it's a real word. It's calamari flan. Is the name of the currency? Flan. Yeah, flan like as in the, like dessert? the dessert. Yeah. Mm, <laughs> okay. Is it syrupy? And what would calamari and leffy flan look like? Oh my god, yeah. bro! Ugh. Sounds gross. Let's okay. change the subject. We yeah, just anyway. had some greasy pizza. I don't know if any of these. <laughs> about. So let's get to Werner Herzog's character. The client. The right? client. Werner. <laughs> is he not great in this? I oh, love. Uh, he yo, I think this is the scenery. best. I think this is, this is his best role of all time, oh, in my opinion. So Just good. like the way that he speaks. Oh gosh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know. So he gets the information from him. 
right? And the down payment is Beskar Steel. Now, um, us sweaties from Star Wars, we know what Beskar Steel is. It's one of the toughest uh, metals in the entire universe. It's basically like Star Wars adamantium. Yeah, it, it's able to withstand blasters. And for the people who've watched Rebels, um, it can actually take a glancing blow from a lightsaber. Right, I was just You know what I'm say, saying? Yeah. So there was the episode right, with okay. Gar Saxon, who is a Mandalorian of note in that show. And uh, he was in prison, and I think uh, he took a, a glancing blow, and it didn't really do much damage to him. So this is pretty significant and stuff. So this is where we really get into the geeky part of the episode, because at that point... Well, it's, it's also important to note, actually... Yes, get, get remember, back to it. I'm, I'm, I'm client, getting ahead of myself. The client is somehow connected to the Empire. Because he has stormtroopers as his guards, there's yes. imperial, there's imperial insignias everywhere. Oh. The only other thing that that we was noticed in that the episode, the doctor, the doctor, yeah, how he has that insignia on his arm that's connected Camino. to Camino. Yes, which that's that might come into play, I think, with the character that ends up getting introduced a little bit later on in the episode. That uh, may have I also, don't know if, if that's the case for sure, but that also could have farther, farther reaching implications getting into the cinema space. I feel like but I feel like there's going to be some things in this show already. I feel like there are some things in this show that's going to connect to how certain things ended up in the you know the Force Awakens, the Last Jedi, and uh, Rise of Skywalker trilogy. Already, I'm seeing things that it feels like weren't it's all explained connected. necessarily there, and mm -hmm. they're trying to find a way to give you a little bit more explanation in in this film. Exactly. In this in this show, I mean, which is pretty great. Exactly. So he's off, and he's got um, a couple of bars of Beskar steel, right? He was uh, only given it one. Was he was only given one. Oh, yeah. he was given as one. As yes, yes, yes. Exactly. And the interesting thing is that that one bar has emblazoned on it the imperial, yep. imperial emblem. Insignia. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? That's going to come up again in a later episode, but again, we're going to get into the geeky part of it. Do you have something else to say about that, that scene? Uh, no, I was gonna. I was gonna talk a little bit about the next scene, which is actually one of my favorites in the episode, where uh, he goes down to one. the armory or mm -hmm. the covert, as the covert, it's called. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So the the covert is, uh, if you know a little bit about your Star Wars history, as I'm sure many of you do, the Mandalorians were once a huge like they had their own planet. They were like one of the strongest races in the universe, and the Empire basically wrecked their stuff. And now there's nowhere near as many Mandalorians as there were originally from many from a long time ago. Right. And the covert is where on this particular planet was it Ar Arvala Seven? Arvala Seven. Arvala yes. Seven, where where they have I guess their own little little space where they live, where they where they work, where they commune together, and where they in a, in in essence actually try to hide their numbers in a yes. sense because mm -hmm. nobody really knows where the covert is, but. Um, this scene is awesome for a few reasons. One is you, you have that little hint that there's that one Mandalorian standing off to the side. That's one of our one of our favorites here. That's Wolfie's geek out right there. Is it Boba Fett? We don't know, but they've shown him. I think every time he's going into the covert, they've shown that Mandalorian. Well, at least in a Mandalorian that has a similar paint job. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The thing is, that like in 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 the. Uh, 
the most recent episode, I think I saw a couple Mandalorians in the same scene that looked like they had similar paint jobs to the uh, Boba Fett armor. Yeah. Which is certainly so, possible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you know. Still a nice throwback, even if it's not him, which it probably isn't. Yeah. And, and Favreau did say prior to the episode that Boba Fett was, in fact, not going to be a part of this series. Yes. At least the first season. You know what I'm saying? I know, Wolfie. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But hey, he said I could be misdirected this season. And it could be a misdirect. So you, there's still a chance. Yeah, maybe Boba Fett ends up being a huge part of this first season. We just don't know he it yet. He absolutely has to. I don't understand. <laughs> you could not have this show without Boba Fett being created in the first place. You I don't know. Yep. No, you just can't. Just period, you can't. You gotta yeah. give. He's, look, he's my, saying my it's based whole, on listen, the. They have to at least name drop thing, him, right? My whole thing. They have to name drop him. They have to like build his legend because my whole thing is that, you know, for fans of the Fet, okay, for I guess the few at this table. Uh, hey, I'm a fan. I'm we just like him. My yeah, thing, we, my thing is I'm a fan fan too. So like, so I'm a fan so of the Django long, fan. The longtime <laughs> yeah. fans of the Fet, okay. We're talking about from his first appearance in Empire. Okay, like 40, almost 50 years now. How are you not going to reward the loyal fans waiting for, you know, Fed's story to be told? And now that there's an opportunity to tell mm-hmm. Fed's story, yeah. they're just going to be like, ah, oh, you know what? We don't care about them. We don't care about, this is how I feel. We don't care about the fans that have supported this brand for this many years. We're just going to do something completely different, create a character that I do so far love, but I love him because he is so fat. Like he's so much like Boba, in my opinion. He's just with a, a slightly more light side moral compass than Boba. I Fett, feel basically. like he's 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 a uh, um, a little green around the gills. Well, they do, yeah, they do yes. mention that he's he's kind of new to this because he doesn't have his, his he doesn't have his signet, his signet, you know. Um, he doesn't have certain other equipment that the other Mandalorians have, and things like that. He you know? does feel like the outsider of the group. Yeah, he does. He you does. know what I'm saying? Which is why I like this scene a lot. It sets him up as a little bit of an outsider, even though he's you know he's a Mandalorian, and they all have their obvious kinship because there's so few of them left. And then we get introduced to uh, she is her name of the forger so far the I think the armorer the armorer excuse me so I'm, I'm I want to do say I do want to say one thing going back to the Beskar steel Beskar steel is not a very um, it's not found in a lot of places as a matter of fact if we go into Star Wars lore there's only two places that you can find it mm-hmm. it's um, Mandalore proper and it's Moon Concordia so those are, those are important to to note. Now, whether that translates into canon is a different thing, but that's how it used to be before. Um, mm-hmm. So he's going over there, and he has that one bar, and he asks her to make a pauldron for him, right? And it was the, 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 the shoulder. Right, the yeah, shoulder, the shoulder, which shoulder is armor. a pauldron. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? During that time, so I, I got to geek out about the armorer because there's one feature of her helmet that just totally blew my mind. And knowing how this is a Dave Filoni episode, it has to be that. Um, she has horns on her on her helmet. Those horns okay. are very similar to Darth Maul's horns. And if we follow the animated show... Darth Maul was a leader of Mandalore. Oh, you're referring to the Death Watch. The Death Watch. We're, we're f- referring to the Shadow Collective. Yeah, he like took over the whole planet or something. Or well, something he like did that. it. He right. did it in a way where he had a puppet, a puppet 
uh, prime minister, right? So him and Savage Opress were really basically running the show, but he had a, a puppet installed in the Mandalorian government where, you know, he was really doing it for them. And so he ran Mandalore proper. Um, and that's not the only time you will see a Zabrak in this show. Zabrak. Zabrak, you know what I'm saying? But that's one of the things that I geeked out. The other important thing that happens in that particular scene is the flashbacks. And those are the flashbacks. Yeah, yeah, because the flashbacks, yeah. they, they, they tell you a little bit about, you know, where the Mandalorian seems to come from. But again, this could, you know, so they go over, you see scenes of like some sort of battle and mm -hmm. parents running away trying to protect the kid, which we assume the kid is who the Mandalorian is. Right. Um, and they're just trying to, like, they hide them in uh, some sort of, like, bunker, I guess. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, as, like, explosions and, you know, fire and everything's raining down from the skies. Um, we get a more extended scene of, we get, of like, that with in every the third episode. episode. In the third, yes, every, yes, yeah. yes, yes. And it, and it happens specifically when he's... Uh, only there, only at the covert. At the, at, at the co yes, you know? exactly. Now... Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Like, could this possibly be like some sort of like misdirection too? You know what I mean? It, it could like, be. Is he the child or is he someone else in that scene that we haven't seen yet? Well, the the thing that I find really interesting. So they heavily imply that this is the Great Purge. Yeah. That's something. That's something that they talk about, but they don't really explain in that episode. Um, the Great Purge is when the Empire basically goes after the Mandalorians and try and wipe them out as a race, right? Yes. Uh, we don't know exactly where it is, but it's heavily hinted that it, it's tied with Order 66, which is also the Purge of the Jedi, right? right? Oh, so there, there is, there is some, some implications that that is the case. The one thing that I find problematic with that, but you know what? If you think about it, it kind of makes sense with the later episodes. That does not look like Mandalore. That his parents don't look Mandalorian. There is something about that episode because if we if we think about what Mandalore is, Mandalore is kind of like Spartans in real in real life, right? Yeah. Where it's a warrior society, and you know, that didn't seem like that to me. So you know, going back to it, Boba Fett and Jango Fett and all that stuff. Is this Mandalorian a true Mandalorian? And we get some little hints of it in future episodes. I just I yeah. want to put that out there to you guys because There's I want to know what you guys think about that. When we get to episode I, three, I'll, I'll touch on that. Go ahead. I actually think that there is some weight to that theory because you hear him talking a, b a lot about, well, we need to leave some for the foundlings. That term seems to be used very often, and to me, it seems very open-ended. What does foundling mean? Does that mean they're purebred Mandalorians that are kids, or people that are possibly joining their order? Well, I mean, the whole well, thing with Mandalorians I mean is that it's a culture thing, you know what I mean? So, like, mm. like okay, so mm. I know mm -hmm. that, like, mm. you say that no. the Mandalorian, yes, it is. It absolutely is. There, there is, is a, there a nomadic there is a, culture. Come there on. There is a Come race. On. There, there was a race, but I'm I'm going based on the animated series, which is canon, and in in that the Mandalorians they are it's not the nomadic race. There is a race of and Mandalorians yes, and stuff. You know what I'm saying? Until Mandalore was destroyed. Boba uh, Fett's not a Mandalorian. It, it, it hasn't. It been doesn't so, seem yeah. like it's been destroyed. It seems like 
it's just the population the, it was, it was a greatly diminished. Yeah, it's a holocaust. We're and again, we're not going with legends. We're going with canon right now. You know what I'm saying? So, in legends, yeah, I I, legends I, I canon, believe right? Mandalore was destroyed, right. which is why they became a nomadic race. Right. Accepting I'm, those that are not actual Mandalorians, also, which is how yeah, Jango see? Fett, which is how because Jango Fett is a Mandalorian. But well, not the actual Mandalorian. Yep, Django well, is yeah. a Mandalorian. Right? Well, wait, what? No. Yes, Django is a Mandalorian. No. Google it. Let's Google see it here. Well, I while I look so. this up, Django Fett Mandalorian. I do want to say that I think the show is hinting that he might not be a racial Mandalorian, if we put it that way. Right. That's what I'm saying, though. Because like, they, just, they just they made him a Mandalorian. Well, I, I look at it this way because the reason I say that is because there's a lot of a lot of times where they talk about whether or not he's removed his helmet. Which it gets asked of him by 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 uh, Horatio Sanz's character immediately. It gets asked asked of him again in later episodes, and he hesitates for a moment when he gets asked that question in a later episode. Has mm, it, has someone really? ever removed your helmet? No. no, he didn't hesitate. No, he didn't hesitate. Let's, let's get into he, that he, when we get there. I, I just saw it yesterday. Trust no me, way. he hesitates he on the I've second seen question. The episode three times. No, he did not hesitate. Yeah, he he, he was he was a very emphatic yes. no. But we'll, the, we'll the get never, into that. The never took a second for him to say for it to say no. for him to say it. I, I disagree with that. We'll, but we'll, we'll watch get, this we'll afterwards. Get, we'll get that. We'll get to that. So um, I do uh, want to say one more thing though about mm-hmm. the scene where where they're showing what we don't know if it's Mandalore or not. I think for me at least, this is maybe hinting thematically, just like in Rogue One, that this particular child, whoever that child is, whether it is Mando or not has a bigger role that is yet to come on the show. Right. It could be somebody else. Yeah, I, I agree with that also. But, but it's, it's the same as when, when uh, she gets hidden away in Rogue One. Right. In order, in order to, but, to find her bigger place in that story. But it's interesting that every time that scene happens, he's in that specific place. Yes. You know what I'm saying? So anyway. Um, Wikipedia says nay, by the way. On Django Fett, right? Yeah, I, I kind of knew that. But anyway. Yeah, but StarWars.Fandom.com um, says yes. Mm, okay, they're they're probably talking legends. I I don't know. Anyway, um, r- shortly after that, he goes and he tries to find this this child. This the well, he doesn't even know it's a child yet, the Mark, and he heads out to this this place. That's where he meets Nick Nolte's character. I have spoken. Right, I have spoken. Nick Nolte's character, right? <laughs> Which Ugnaught. is great. Right, the Ugnat. You know, and again, wow, he's an Ugnat. Yes, he is. Yes, sir. Yes, he is. Oh wow. You know? And so um, he, the Mandalorian, actually gets saved by the Ugnat. I forgot what his name is. It's like Gil, Grill, or something like that. He has a name. I just don't know exact. I don't remember exactly what it is. But he gets saved by from these these weird creatures ha- that have shown up before. Um, I believe they were in again the animated space. Cool. They, thank you. Um, this is not the first time we've seen those those anim- animals. I'll find that out a little bit later. Um, so he gets and he asks for help because this this Ugnat Quill wants the this particular mark out of there because it's impacting his peacefulness on the planet. Mm-hmm. Because everybody is going after this 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 mark and nobody can seem to get there because this mark happens to be in a fortress with. I'm not sure even who those guys are, right? There's um, no indication of who they are, no. Right. They really they're just mindless people just protecting this mark and we don't really know why as of yet. Um so he enlists his help and stuff like that. 
and uh, eventually we he gets to the place. Oh, and they do mention the mythosaur. Yeah, they do. Which is which yeah. is very very important. You know what I'm saying? That's how they uh, convince them to uh, take Boba on the Fett's sigil, yeah. right? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? There you go, a little Boba Fett action, right? They finally, they finally. <laughs> I'm trying to help you out here, you know what I'm saying, with some Boba Fett stuff, you know. So they get to the the fortress. The Ugnat leaves, and sure enough, there is another bounty hunter on site, IG10, who is voiced by Taika Waititi. Oh, really? Yes, IG11. IG11. I'm sorry, voiced by Taika Waititi. Um. What do you guys think about the action there? Because I thought it was I thought it was great. I think oh, he I think yeah. he was, was, he such was an awesome scene. rushing to self destruct a little bit too yeah, much. I love IG that. Was so I funny. love that, that, that was though. It was so funny. That was so funny. It was funny. kind of funny actually when he was it trying. Was. I yeah. know it was. It was when he was trying to rush to like um, self destruct because like. Yeah, it was like, just funny that way. Like, I will self destruct. No, no, no. Stop. Let's let's. We are let's shooting our way out of this. <laughs> I love that scene, but I will say that, and this is this is a, me being a bit annoying, but there's only one thing in the show that I have to nitpick so far, and it's kind of stupid that I'm nitpicking this, but it's just weird to me that when in that fight scene, which is awesome because you have IG11 using his limbs and like spinning around, shooting people behind him that was with two great, pistols, the um, and the way they end up working together is really cool. Um, it's a, it's like we've said so far, like many times, it's a great Western style action yeah, scene, yeah. which is really awesome about it. But the only thing that was weird to me, again, I, I do want to apologize because it's a little stupid. Why does that huge laser that they were shooting, when they were shooting them behind cover, it couldn't go through the darn like brick or brick wall? But it could go through the door, right? And then it goes through the freaking door. To yeah. open up the door, it's Star Wars to get into the mark. I mean, it's well, silly. It's, it's different material. It's silly, it's but yeah. Star Wars. You know what I'm saying? I know. That's why it, I said it's a little bit of a stupid nitpick. It serves the story, and I don't need you guys to defend it or, or anything. It just yeah. it took me out of the moment a little bit because it's like at least maybe they could have ducked under the ra- the lasers and I, it could have started destroying the pillar, something stupid like that. I agree but with that. I agree with that. You know it's what not I'm a big deal though. But that's a Star Wars thing. You yeah, know it's I'm not saying? a huge deal. It's it's just something that serves the story, and and you know you can't have them get killed and mowed down by the laser immediately so right it can be explained it can yeah. be explained that how wall was made that wall was made with beskar steel there you go <laughs> <laughs> i'm I just mean, saying how does how does laser react with rocks versus metals well uh, not so even like not even that like what just the concentration of it also, we don't know how close we don't gotta they get were. The science they, of it, they guys. They probably like brought this, it this point blank at the avoid. door. <laughs> don't nitpick, man. Just love it. That's that's all we're. That's geeks. why I'm saying I was apologizing because I didn't want to make a big deal out of it. It just took me out yeah. of this See, episode he knew, he for knew a he was split second. I, I knew because I, it's it's not a huge gripe. It just took me out of it for a second. That's yeah. really the only reason why I mention it. But well, long story on. long story short, they blast their way through it. Um, Ig Ig Eleven does most of the work. Up until the point that the Mandalorian grabs the the laser cannon and then just goes ham on everybody and stuff. Yeah, that's an awesome um, way that he does it too. <laughs> exactly. I love I love how he uses all his gadgets in cool and unique ways in this show. Yeah, that's already that, something. That's, that's what really a Mandalorian awesome. does. You know. So they blast through this door, the the door that's that's made out of paper apparently, and the wall that's not. <laughs> you know, and we get to that <laughs> scene. We get to. They have their tracking fob. They have their quarry in their sight, and lo and behold, the internet loses their mind when they see who it is. And who is it? Baby Yoda. What it is. The child. 
the so child. Far, the child. So far, codename Baby Yoda. Yes. Baby freaking Yoda. You knew that they knew what they were doing when they included that at the end of the episode. It's well, just like, if you, if you were, like, not completely hooked by this show yet... Now there's a baby Yoda, and you are officially hooked, and there's nothing you <laughs> can like do if about you it. Didn't, if, you didn't, if you didn't subscribe to Disney Plus right away, all the uh, spoiler and memes You're the done. next day were going to make you sign up. You are done. 100%. Absolutely. That is exactly. We're like, how are we going to? So we're going to probably have this many subscribers. How do we, get, how do we double that after the first <laughs> episode? <laughs> so... Here, here's here's Disney. some of the here's some of the it's so perfect. it ends <laughs> I know right it ends basically with um, the two bounty hunters right above uh, Baby Yoda one has a course of action that he has to take the other one does also because again they're competing bounties one was instructed to terminate one was instructed to bring back alive if you could remember you it was could. it was more right it was a little leaning gray, towards like right? try to bring him back alive if you can't whatever but so ig11 was the one that was he supposed was just to being pragmatic <laughs> <laughs> so ig11 is the one to terminate and instead he got terminated by mando mm -hmm. and mando reaches out and touches baby yoda he just puts, or he just floats his finger, he floats above, his finger. above his little crib. Um, that is foreshadowing for what's going to happen in future episodes. Special shout out before we get to episode two. I do love how they're including the concept art in the credits. Yes, that concept I, that art is, is awesome. really cool. So cool. awesome. Um, going to the criticism about this episode. Yeah, okay. can you actually explain to me some of these? Okay, criticisms? so some, I didn't some of the, see any. Some of the criticisms, and and they, and again, these have been really, in my in my opinion, dumb episode, dumb criticisms. Um, the first the first thing is um, the notion that these these episodes are too short, right? So we've we've had that, but there is there is this this notion that. Somehow, the fact that we will never see the Mandalorian's face, for some reason, the critics have latched onto that, and they said, how in the world are you going to have a show with a faceless star? I what? don't get it. That's retarded. I don't, how do you have animated movies? I have, seen, I have seen at least two, at least two handfuls worth of reviews where that was made a point of. That's insane. And I don't understand it because you know what? You can still tell a lot of story just by a shifting of the head here, uh, a focus on something here. You don't need yes. to see the face. Look, Body language. Now, I will say this, and I'm, 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 we're going to cut to short because I want to get into the next two episodes, and we, I don't want to spend three hours on this, ep on this episode here. But there is one thing that I do have to say. If the animated shows are canon, those Mandalorians frequently were without their helmets. What changed, and I have an idea on it because it comes up later, but if there's one thing that you can say about it at that particular moment in time when we saw that episode, that is the only thing that seems like an oversight. But they explain it in episode three, so I'm good with that. But those are some of the criticisms that have been floating around with this. And then, you know, this this thing about how... It, it, it's really silly criticism. So that's what that is about, 
and stuff. Please, the man in the iron mask, Bane, V for Vendetta. We can go on forever with Darth Vader. That were awesome. I, 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 I'm saying, I mean, there, there right? are tons, and that's why I don't understand that particular point of view by these critics. Because, like you said, Darth Vader spent three movies where we never saw his face. And we never needed to. Did we not get the same emotion that we would have gotten if we saw his face anyway? Yeah, exactly. Pedro Pascal's a great actor. Exactly. Just like James Earl Jones was when he took on a Darth Vader mantle. And that's what comes through. They know how to physically act, not exactly. just with their faces. So I've never understood that criticism, but that is one of the criticisms, dumb. The criticisms that was pushed on. By non-Star Wars fans. Right. So that was an episode that was directed by Dave Filoni. And again, like I said, that was steeped in, in Star Wars lore. The second episode is called The Child. And that one is directed by Rick Fumiyama. Uh, and again, written by John Favreau, and he continues. He he's taking the infant back to the ship. That's how we start out, right? Mm-hmm. This episode is a little bit more fun and funny, and compared compared to the other two for me, which was this, a nice this little levity episode. Actually, out of the yes, three true, episodes, I it, it was a fun episode for me. Um, there was a lot of stuff that really didn't need to happen in that episode. Really, it, that like what? for me. Well, let's get into it. You know. So he, he, as he's leaving, he runs into some mercenaries, okay? We get mm-hmm. to see his fighting style. We get to see him take these guys out. Right. Um, is that the first time we see the gun in action? Uh, which, which, his, his rifle? Yes. No. No. That's not no. the first The first time. That's the first time that we see the, the all the powers of the rifle in action. Well, that's what I mean. Where he's that's using it like right. as a staff and then as a as a no disintegrator, disintegrator and right. as a... Oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> That's what I meant. Yeah, so yeah, maybe yeah. I, I like, framed the question incorrectly. Yeah, in that scene, in that fight scene, the the his rifle is the is the, the main. Star. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, okay, so that's what I that's what I was trying to get at. That's the first time we actually see the rifle and its full potential. Yeah. In terms of the way he uses it and stuff, right? Um. And so this is this is where we get into it. He gets back to his ship and he finds Jawas. Jawas. Oh my oh god. god. Yeah, Those like little this. savages. They, they, I, I feel like in the movies themselves, they haven't been explored as much as they, 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 they should have. That like feels like 70s Bronx when you come out and you see your car on four cinder That's blocks. exactly you what it was. Like? <laughs> yeah. So, um, and you have a little chase scene where he goes after the sand crawler. Very, very Indiana Jones esque, mm-hmm. that scene, which is why I enjoyed it. That's true. It. That's true. Yeah. And I do love that he went through all of that craziness. He, you know, he, he uses his rifle for disintegrations. He's tossing these Jawas off the sand crawler, like. And, he still gets and then he, he climbs <laughs> to the top. He, you think he's about to like fight all the Jawas and get his stuff back. He pulls his pistol and they just all shock him and like knock him out. He just comes <laughs> flying off it's, the sand crawler. It's just a sea of Jawas. I love yeah, that I'm moment. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's, like, saying. that's like sub- the Jawas need their day. Yeah, and it, it subverts what you expect. <laughs> I love that the would Jawas. Happen. I like the Jawas. Do they really though? I love the Jawas. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? For all those times you mock the stun gun, the stun gun <laughs> <laughs> does some crap. Listen, these Jawas, these Jawas had attitude. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Throughout the episode. Yeah, like the you negotiation know? scene was funny as hell. Oh, my gosh. Wait, you do know? we know what the name of that planet is? Because that's not Tatooine either, right? I don't believe no, so. No, that is... Oh, wait, really? Yeah, no, that's right. right. That's not Tatooine. Yeah. What other planet? Like, where have, have we only seen them in Tatooine? In, yeah, I believe in, in canon movies and TV shows, they've only been in Tatooine before, but I 
don't believe that's supposed to be Tatooine, from what I understand. So okay, I am sorry. I, I I'm gonna I'm gonna take this back. Arvala Seven, that's the Tatooine planet. We still don't know where the bounty hunter covert is. Okay. I, I, so I I my I apologize. That's my mistake. That planet is Arvala Seven. Okay. Okay. So that's the Tatooine. That's the Tatooine like planet. Yeah, you know, it doesn't have Correct. the twin suns or anything like that. So you know it's not Tatooine. Correct. You know. So um, he gets stunned and he crawls back to Kuel. Nick Nolte. Which Ugnat. is which is why I think this episode actually works because in the way that he interacts with Nick Nolte's character with Kuel, you get to see a little bit more about how he operates with his code, with his morals, how he okay. how he I can see that how he has a temper, but he's also still like like he's pragmatic, pragmatic. Um, he's still, you know, he he's, he wants to solve it through violence, but then he realizes, unlike sometimes some other Mandalorians, which are a very warlike race, that there's other ways to solve these problems, which which makes him a bit of a standout. Weapons are my religion. I mean, that's how that's he wants. To, that's that's how he wants mm. to like solve it though with his weapons. But see, that's the other thing too. Like, I think that like this episode served to subliminally explain to the audience that may not know, you know, the Mandalorians and like you know about their you know, their way of life and stuff like that and how they're supposed to act and operate, mm-hmm. you know, through the his disagreements with uh, Quill, basically, like, hey, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, I just want to shoot this guy or whatever, you know what I mean? And Quill's <laughs> like, no, 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 we should negotiate. Okay. So, uh, like I said, my, mine is a, a, a nitpick because I think the mission itself was something that, you know, we really didn't need. I think all, everything that you said is is valid. The mission stuff. given to him by the well, Jawas. What's, by what's, the Jawas. What's, yes. the, what's the nitpick? What's the nitpick? The, the mission. The mission with the Jawas. Time. Yeah, that's that's all it is. And like I said, I'm nit. This is an extreme nitpick because I enjoy all three episodes. But mm. for me, this one was my kind of least favorite of the three. I really enjoyed the first one because of the story building and and the world. You know, you know, going back to all those little yeah. nuggets, those Easter eggs, and the third one. There's obvious reasons why I love that one, right? <laughs> I love so, the second episode. So the second one, I loved it, but I just didn't love it in the span of the three that I liked we've it better seen. Than the first, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I did too. Yeah. See, I'm, I mean, I, 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 I like the first just because of all the little nuggets of, see, of Easter eggs. The reason that I like the second one so much is because, well, let's go into the uh, the mission, right? The right. mission is to the Jawas. They'll they they they, the went through, they went through a bunch of different things that they yes. wanted from him. They you wanted the I mean? speeder. They wanted the speeder. They wanted his they, guns. They wanted his guns. They wanted his the Beskar steel, his yeah. armor. They wanted exactly. Baby Yoda. They wanted Baby Yoda. Yeah, exactly. So you they they, they went through the list of all the valuable things. They're like, well, if we can't get any of his actual possessions, then what could we have him do for us? Give me the A. Well, it's the it's reason for that because it shows what's important to him. Yeah, it shows what's important to him. But like to the Jawas, who are a comical kind of. You know, it's, it's comic relief, you know, mm-hmm. to them. Like, think about, like... Did you love their camp? Yeah, <laughs> hell yeah. They had, like, umbrellas and stuff. I know. <laughs> but but, but the know? other thing, too, is, that, like, so they, they task uh, um, the Mandalorian with uh, retrieving, uh, so yeah. I guess, a, a delicacy to the Jawas. Yep. You didn't know it at the time, though. I, yeah, you didn't know it at the time. You think, like, is this a golden egg? Is this, like, yeah, something... exactly. But you know they—they—it's an edible delicacy to them. Which, in hindsight, yeah. in hindsight, if you think about it, do you think the Jawas would have been able to like get that egg? 
So it might be something that for them is like this is like unattainable well, for us at heck, all. He almost didn't know? get it himself. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Let me yeah, or you how he's even, green. Honestly, it can even have been something like, well, well, if we send him over there and then he dies, then we keep everything anyway. Yeah, that's true. You know, because um, the Jawas are like they're very they're 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 bastards. They're like <laughs> they're jerks. Exactly. You know what I mean? They're jerks. They are. Yeah. But um, but uh, they send them to to get this egg and everything, and he fights this. Uh, does anybody know what the uh, the mudhorn? The mudhorn. Yes. Right. He fights a. He 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 goes against a, a mudhorn. That's kind of like thrashing him left and right. And oh, stuff. he gets In wrecked mud, by that. He thing. gets wrecked and. And um, it's uh, it's 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 a cool scene. The re- this is actually why I like this so much is because even when he's like kind of like destroyed, beaten up, he looks at like uh, Baby Yoda, and he still kind of like kneels, and he has like a dagger with his last hope, almost kind of like Jon Snowish. Like, all right, well this this uh this mudhorn is. Is chasing is uh is rushing at me, about to like completely like run over him, but he still stands defiant, ready to stab him with like the small little. I don't even know if it's a dagger. It might even be a pencil, it was a, like I six, inch, know, like six inch blade, right? It was nothing. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And he, you can sense because you can't see that he, you know, you can't see his face because of his mask. But, but again, it might, you see the resignation. But see, but see that's him. what I'm saying, though. You like, know what I'm saying? like in my mind, like I can picture him like just looking down and closing his eyes, yeah, ready exactly. to meet his death. And then when he realizes that like he hasn't been run over yet, he looks up, and he sees. That the mudhorn is now floating. And again, critics, did you really need to see his face to understand all of that stuff? Not at all. You know Not what I'm saying? All. You said it perfectly. You can see in his mind him just going on and say, okay, I'm going to get run over, but at least I'm going to put this thing out there, right? And then the realization when it doesn't happen, the head lifting yeah. up. You don't need anything else. Yeah, it's that's right true. there. Yeah. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And the thing is, and, and the other, again, like he, he's doing that. Because he wants to be, he wants, it's it's a very important scene for me because he comes to his knees, completely muddied up and everything, and he looks back, sees the Yoda there, and he still wants to protect it. Like, it's like, and, and the, know, the whole, he moves it out of the way exactly, at one point when it's getting charged at. Yeah, it, yeah. It's, it's, it's a thing where he's not only trying to protect himself, he's trying to protect baby Yoda also, and it's like, the change in focus with the mudhorn. The mudhorn looks at the baby Yoda, goes after the baby Yoda. He's got to find a way to distract it to put the focus back on him and stuff. So it's a back and forth, you know. Yeah, for because that this thing, is this know? is also like a scene where he's already kind of resigned his life to to the mudhorn, and he still wants to protect the Yoda. This is the scene that shows, uh, like, his feelings towards baby Yoda that this is not just a bounty anymore. Speaking of uh, speaking of Baby Yoda, we're going to say uh, goodbye to Eli. Eli is going to sign off at this point because I think he's on his last legs tonight. So <laughs> he's going to float away. Exactly. So Eli, <laughs> yeah. use the force. Use the force. Later, dude. Bye. <laughs> See ya. Peace. Um, this is um, the way. <laughs> way to go, kid. This is the way to go. I have spoken. <laughs> you know why I also, I also like the scene against the Mudhorn? Because if you think about it, it's a callback to the prequel trilogy, yes, man. Yes, I was going to say. Django that. Fett getting charged at by That's that true. creature yeah, in the arena. And Geonosis. Right 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 you know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. So, so there's that callback also, and I think it's important. And I think, again, a lot of these scenes are 
demonstrating how new he is at this because he he's terrible at fighting animals he's terrible at fighting alien monsters they all kick his butt all of them yep so like he's great at fighting like you know humanoids but like maybe there's something to this this where he's learning to fight against these alien creatures these you know four-legged ones instead of like fighting humans all the time he seems very green to this yeah he doesn't know how to handle those animals he's kind of green around the gills in my opinion Mm -hmm. so the most important part of the scene though is what happens right before he gets run over by this mud horn like i said the the mud horn is floating (laughs) Mm -hmm. and how is he floating exactly baby yoda is channeling the force let's not forget the hint from earlier in the episode too though when he had those injuries on his arm and baby yoda gets out of his crib and we're all basically anticipating something's going to happen with the force here this is where we get our first hint that baby yoda has force powers when he reaches out to man to mando's arm when he has that cut remember when he's healing himself he's trying to heal baby yoda hops out of the crib and he closes his eyes like he's about to use the force and heal him you remember that meta i yeah, yeah, remember that? Point? It was I right after. We overlooked that. That was yeah. after. That was yeah. after, after the first bounty hunter and Jawa yeah. fight. Mm-hmm. He he. Or yeah, it's, it's no, after the mercenaries, mercenaries before the Jawas. Exactly. That's right. Mm-hmm. He's he's healing a cut on his arm, and, and Baby Yoda climbs out too. twice. He climbs out of his crib twice. I'm surprised you don't remember. And reaches out to his I arm. I with, know with about the, force. the climbing out part, but I didn't know that was like a. I'm gonna try. Yeah, to use the force he closed his eyes. He 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 reached out with his hand. So it looked like he was about to use the force, and then Mando. This is this is to illustrate to us that Mando doesn't know what the force is. It's also illustrated later in the episode. But this is like, if you knew what the force was in this universe, and some little kid just started like doing that force thing with his hand, Mando probably would have been like, "All right, let's see what he can do." But in that moment, you realize that him and Cool, which is confirmed later in the episode, they have no friggin' idea what the force is. Right. So that's why it's all these little moments that, to me, put the put the episode together in a way that's not immediately apparent when you first watch it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's the important moment, that right? Important. Yeah. And then, Baby and then, Yoda levitating. Right that, Baby Yoda falls asleep for the rest of the episode. Yeah, he protect, he attack, and he take a nap. Yeah. <laughs> and you can tell that he does not know how to use the Force, and that may have been just an instinctual thing. To, um, you know what I'm I don't know. I, like, I, I was kind of disagree. Because, uh, yeah, I, I disagree because... I think he's he, just not strong he's, in it yet. He's just, mm. I don't know if it's that he's not strong. I think that it's uh, he's he's also still like new to the force. He's because young. He's only well, fifty years old. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes, but 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 Yoda but Yoda became a a master at a hundred. So that's what I'm saying. Yeah, but like fifty years old to us is what you know. Like and again, like they explained, they also kind of like explained 50 that years like, old looks like he's like. What maybe he's an 12 infant. months? He's yeah, an but see the thing is that again, like I or think I think that yeah, like, the, like that. the aging doesn't um it accelerates it, at I one think point. it's accelerated like for them, like a year could be like a month for us. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like in their timeline, you know, or but on their planet or whatever, so stuff like that. You know, because I, I think that was explained Yeah, with the um, IG eleven. Yeah, IG Eleven explained that they, they age. Yes, yes, that's right. They yeah, like differently. Yeah, you know so then that actually kind of makes me think like Yoda's supposed to be nine hundred and something. There's the debate between eight hundred. Probably and like something eighteen at that point. But that's what I'm saying. Like in you know? human years, is he like sixty? Yeah, and it's 70? like dog years, right? Yeah, exactly. You know exactly. No, so I, I I get that point, but I think um, he's. If you look at the way this baby Yoda acts, he's probably like around a year or so. 
a couple of years you know? at most. Because he can walk, but, but he, he can't talk. He can't talk. And we don't know that yet. And he cries. He cries like that. a little baby. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he does cool and stuff like that. How does, does he know what an injury is and trying to heal it? You know what I mean? Well, like, you know what? Kids, kids, kids can be instinctual in that way. You know what I'm saying? They can see that, you know, they they pick up on parents' emotions and things of that nature, yeah. even at a young age. But I think you that this would, if, if this was him it's being boo-boo. so young that he yeah, doesn't, exactly. if it, that, that it's instinctual. Mando has a boo-boo. It could be something <laughs> where like, oh, what is that boo-boo? No, he climbed out to try to heal it. Mm-hmm. Put him back in the crate. He climbed out again to try to heal it. You know, yes, he's not talking and stuff like that. But that's why we um, think he might not be able to talk yet because he can't yeah. communicate what he's trying to do at that yeah, moment. True, but, but then again, we don't know. He doesn't know English. We don't know. That's true. Or Mando, <laughs> whatever Yoda's race speaks, because yeah. I guess we don't it's know. A, if isn't they have it, it, don't know isn't it Yodish? Was it called basic? No, English no, is called basic, right? Yodish? Yeah, I think it's like no, but English is called basic in Star Wars. Is it not? Yeah, it is. It's basic. Yeah. Yeah. So like maybe he doesn't understand that's how so to speak basic. basic. <laughs> but so, like, all right. So that's a great moment, right? Yes, absolutely. Baby and Yoda showing us his force powers. Yep. Like forcing his way into our hearts in that moment if he wasn't already in there, right? Uh huh. And then they head back, and that's the end of episode two. Well, they do. They do the. the they do do have that really quick like little visual gag. I think it's kind of cool when you have cool on his uh, his mount. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the man Mando is sitting in the back with all of his ship parts <laughs> tied to that they cart. Do, I, <laughs> they do fix the ship again, and then they they bounce. You know, so there there is that piece right there. And all the while, they get ready Yoda, to bounce because remember they don't bounce right. until the start of the next episode. And all the while, Baby Yoda is still sleeping. Mm-hmm. So that little piece where he was holding on to the thing really tap the energy out of them. Yes. You know what I'm saying? So. There's there's also, let's not forget that there's a moment that gives us a little more insight into, again, Mando and Kool's character when he asks him to join him. He tries to pay That's him. That's true. I forgot about that. He asks yes. him to join his crew, which I would have liked because I like the character, but I do like how they decided not to do that. Yeah. Maybe not at all or maybe not yet. But it's it's a cool way, again, to tell you about those characters. I have a feeling he'll be back. I, I have oh, a feeling, too, sure. but I mean, we'll see. I mean, I mean after the third Nolte, episode, right? not to like give the spoiler out yet, but after the third episode, when he uh, leaves in the ship... You know, he he's has gonna to re- need help. He's, yeah, he's gonna need to retreat <laughs> yeah. somewhere. Yeah, you know what I mean. I think that like I could see him like, well, I have nowhere to go. Let me go back over here. But and you know, Quill is g- just gonna be like, God, dude, can't you just give me peace? All I, I want know, is right? Peace. Was, he's gonna be pissed off. He's, he's gonna like, give damn. him some stuff and like, now leave. I have spoken. <laughs> <laughs> so true. Yeah. So the third episode. So the second episode is is. is um, important because it is the first African American director in the Star Wars universe. Third episode is an important way, in a yes, way as it well is because it is the first Asian American and, and female. the first female director, nice. and also important in the fact that this particular person, who is Deborah Chow, she's going to be the one that's helming the Obi Wan series. Oh, really? Yes, she's the oh, showrunner. Man. She is I'm a showrunner. I am definitely looking forward to so awesome. Now you have a good amazing. idea yeah. of yeah. what Obi Wan could look like based on this third episode. Especially some of the combat might be pretty awesome if you saw how the combat was in this episode, exactly. right? Exactly. So this third episode is appropriately called the Sin, mm-hmm. and we do see. Um, Mando head back to the planet where the the bounty hunter guild is, mm-hmm. and he is instructed to deliver the child directly to the client. Mm-hmm. 
how many people at this table was mad at the end of that episode at the end of that scene oh yeah <laughs> okay oh, yeah. And when he gave the when, when he, he gave, gave the child baby yoda starts to, crying exactly <laughs> i I, it, <sighs> I you know what i knew what was going to happen but I was still a little angry at Mando at that point. Well, you, you, he gave you the hint at least when, when he did the thing that nobody is supposed to do in the guild, which is that ask. is very so very uncharacteristic yeah. of someone in your profession. <laughs> he, he asked the question, "What are you going to do with the kid? Yes. What are you going to do with the, the child?" That was awesome answer. Yeah, like with that such a like stoic look. That whole dialogue that he has is just tremendous it's just, it, it, I think know? the character is being written his dialogue is being written so perfectly yeah it is, it is. and delivered so perfectly and, and I just have to say like we have him as like an awesome like scene stealing like chew, like scene chewing character and we haven't even gotten to freaking Giancarlo Esposito yet like goodness gracious when you have them both on this show if that happens like I don't even know what they're gonna do at that point. Um, I don't know if you're aware of John Carlos Esposito. We would have to have seen Breaking mm-hmm. Bad for that. But there's other shows that he's on Listen, now too. I go, I go all the way back. He's also to, in The uh, Boys. Um, he's in episode eight of The Boys. Spike Lee's movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have to go way back mm-hmm. to find some of John Carlos Esposito's like biggest work. But he's like got a resurgence in recent years because of Breaking Bad. He's in The Boys as uh, Mr. Edgar. Yes. The, um, and now he's in this show. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, Werner Herzog's that, that whole scene. Every scene that he's in so far is are are some of my favorite scenes. And we see we see Doctor Pershing, um, and they're both geeking out over the Baby Yoda mm-hmm. at that point. And we see more stormtroopers, especially after the question is asked, because yeah, they because, come into the room when he right, asks it. Exactly, it, it it was on cue. I I wonder if it was purposely on cue. They might have been waiting for and listening in. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So he he takes the final payment of the um, Beskar steel in a container that eerily looks like a container in look the like trailer for. Um, I don't know. I was gonna say crockpots. Well, <laughs> but, but there is there is a scene in the trailer for the Rise of Skywalker where Ray is holding a similar um, container. Oh, here we go. You know? So again. <laughs> It, to it's, the it's Victor just, go the spoils. Yeah, exactly. So maybe they're trying to connect it in some way, shape, or form. I'm telling I you, they're gonna know. they're gonna connect it in so many ways. I feel like to the to the most recent trilogy. So um, off the Mandalorian goes, and he heads back to the covert, and he's carrying Beskar steel, and that is like bees to honey. Because oh, as yeah, they he's see him walking, walking by, yeah. all of the Everybody's Mandalorians like, that are there, they're like, what's that? Where are you going? Mm-hmm. What you doing? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And he walks over to the armor, and that is an amazing uh, conversation. Mm-hmm. There is a little bit more of an expansion of the Mandalorian lore. Right. In a fight that occurs at that at that point, they talk about the signet, which is cool. Talk, I, I like uh, in that scene how he denies the mudhorn as his yeah, signet yeah, because yeah, it yeah. wasn't an honorable kill. Yes, that was pretty right. cool. Yeah, yeah. character it was, moment uh, also. It then, was killed by my enemy. Yes, and exactly. Why? Why did an enemy help you? It didn't know um, it, it was didn't my know enemy. It was my enemy. Mm-hmm. Which was a very interesting thing to say. Yeah, 
I was thinking the same thing. That line of dialogue was was very well delivered, and it's got it's 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 dripping with so much of what's to come. Exactly. But that's the thing, right? Because like uh, I I'm still like I understand that there was uh, the the big conflict between the Mandalorians and the Jedi. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but is is it because he sees the baby Yoda as a Jedi already, or was there some conflict with Yoda's race? I don't think so because no. again, it doesn't yeah. seem I like he knows what the Force is. Right. What? I mean, so if, if you look at all of Star Wars, he doesn't Wars. know what so the Force is. Then how does he know that this was his enemy just his, because he because, used the Force? Because you know, that's right? his. Because it was that's his, mark, his way. Maybe. Yeah, exactly. That's his way of distancing himself from. Yeah, I was gonna say that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Please yeah. expand on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like, he, well, we saw in the episode, he does not know what the Force is. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think. Well, if the show is going to expand on that, there's a, a beef between the two species? Uh, I, I don't find that very likely, but it's not so impossible. Either. But, yeah. It also and it seems like he didn't know what that species was as well. But yeah. if, if this was, just to s- bounce it off of what you said, if this was something that he knew that this was an enemy of the Mandalores going back how many years... Why did he take so much care to make sure that the baby Yoda wasn't hurt by the mudhorn? Yeah, you know, if if he didn't care, remember again, you can bring back the baby alive or dead. He chose to make the to make that choice of bringing that kid back alive mm-hmm. because he killed IG Eleven well, and because he tried his best his, to keep him out of harm's way with rebuttal. the mudhorn. My rebuttal is that he knows what it is to grow up alone. That's how I took that. That is a very interesting point. point. Yeah, that's a very good point. Because we see very early on in the show that he lost his parents, and now here he is looking at what's basically an adopted child. I mean, not an adopted child, an estranged. Or an orphan child. An abandoned child. Yes, Mm -hmm. abandoned. Orphaned or abandoned, one way or another. Mm -hmm. And so I guess on that level, he can relate, and that's why this bond starts growing between them. And in this scene... Like, even before he asked that question, what are you going to do with the kid? You see when the stormtrooper brings him in, he's just like, mm. Good right, point. come on, let's go. And he's like, hey, watch it. And he's like, oh, you watch it. Oh, and, and don't forget the moment on the ship when he removes that little ball from the from the yeah, lever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The little baby Yoda oh, plays with like it. A little connection. You know, and he's like, that's not a toy. And then that comes into play later. But go ahead. Uh, keep continue yeah, better. So... So taking that into account, that bond that was starting to be uh, that was starting to be forged between abandoned child to abandoned child, mm-hmm. he was trying his because the bond is obviously there. He's trying to push it down so badly yeah. mm-hmm. because he knows he wants to honor his deal. Mm-hmm. Like he's a warrior, but he's also a bounty hunter, mm-hmm. and in order to be a good bounty hunter have to keep your word. This exactly. show kind of reminds me of The Transporter, the very first one. Ooh, right? yeah, that's true. That's true. true. That's yeah, true. Because, you know, he, his, he has very, very specific rules. He never opens the package, right? And right. What, is, what, is he, what does Jason Statham do? He opens the package. Mm-hmm. He finds out what it is, and there's, there's that bond that grows between them, and he goes against everything. Wait, wait, hold on. Isn't there a scene where he asks, like, what are you going to do with the girl? Yeah. I'm pretty I sure. So, I'm and pretty then that's sure. when he like tries to leave, and he decides to go back and like fight. Right, because them all it's out. the father, yeah. right? It, the father's trying to get back the girl. 
because the father in in that movie the I father seen that in a while yeah the yeah. father is running an illegal illegal um immigrant thing where he's yeah, yeah, bringing yeah, yeah, in yeah. people and she's totally against it yeah so he tasks right, her that's right that's right? right and there's a moment where they take her away and the gunshot happens and you know you wonder who got yeah, shot and all true. that stuff so you're right you yeah, know yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. what are you going to do with the girl there are echoes of this that particular movie in this show you know that's what I'm true, saying? That's true. I think that um, I, I like. I, I like your point uh, with uh, the whole. Um, uh, you know, maybe he has a connection because he feels like it's an abandoned child and this, that, and the other. I just feel that like it's a little simpler than that. You know, like we didn't see him start kind of like caring much about the child until he notices like that he's trying to heal him. Going mm-hmm. back to that scene, the first time that he comes out and tries to heal him, you know, he just picks him up and puts him back in the, uh, the the cradle, and then he goes back to try to heal himself. And then the second time that he comes out and tries to heal him, he looks at him and he's like, "Are you trying to help me?" Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. And I think in that moment he has like that connection. Wait a minute, this person's trying to help me, or whatever it is, trying to help me. And, and he's I think so that that's freaking kind of, cute. <laughs> yeah, and he's so damn cute, it. Yeah. You know but saying? I think that that's like yeah. one of those moments because again, if I go back to the whole like the mud horn scene, mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, you say that he that he could have like, you know, chose to let it die or just save it and stuff like that. He he put his life on the line, right? For for for. Mm-hmm. And, th- and think about it this Yoda. way. Think about it this way. Tactically, it would have made sense because now the Mudhorn is distracted by Baby Yoda. He can then go and do what he's got to do. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So tactically, it would make sense. Hey, yeah, go after Baby Yoda. I don't have to bring you alive. Yeah. You no, could you could be that bait, and I'll just go go behind them and kill kill the thing. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And so so that's what I'm saying. I think in that moment he started shedding the whole bound yeah, yeah. hunter I agree with uh, that yeah. identity. Even yep. even before that though, if you think about it, because why would he even think of bringing baby Yoda? He why wouldn't he leave him with some with cool or something like that? No, he he was like you're the, the, you're I'm the only person that you're safe with. Not just because he was the mark, because you could tell he already trusted cool. He trusted yeah. him with a lot. I, I, that, I'm not saying he would have necessarily trusted him with the mark, but I think there's a hint of that there. Yeah, that that for me, I, it was just one of these things. I can't. It's not necessarily that you're trusting Quill with um, Baby Yoda. It's just the fact that every mercenary now, and I think that's the reason why you had that very first scene where he's fighting off other mercenaries. Mm-hmm. That kind of gave him the hint that hey, I'm not the only one on this job. And he even asked that of grief when he came back. He said, "How many, how many fobs did you give out?" And he was like, "Well, Everyone. all of them." That was a good. That so was a I think scene. that was really the reason why you had that very first scene where he's fighting off other mercenaries because now it's like, "Well, I've got to keep this kid next to me because somebody else is going to take this mark." Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not going to get paid. At the beginning, I think as as you said, mm-hmm. as they went on. That's when you started to have a different type of connection, not a mark to mark to hunter, but something deeper, right? Yeah. Well, we so. should we should definitely jump back to the covert in episode three again and kind of finish off that yes. scene because we haven't even mentioned your favorite new character. Exactly. We haven't talked about that. Um, um, I just want to say again, <laughs> it's awesome how he how he has that conversation about the signet and how. You see that that Mandalorian's armor is a is a mark of their honor. Like the mm-hmm. more upgraded their armor is, the more the more respected they are. Usually, the more accomplished they are as bounty hunters. Yep. So that's another cool piece of lore that they were building there. But then, of course, 
I'll let you take this away, Walt, so you can introduce us to your favorite new character. So at at that point, um, she he is asking the armor. I he's saying he's saying you know my um my uh, armor is a little diminished and stuff, and I need new armor. And so she's like, oh well, you know we got plenty of Beskar steel to do that. What's your signet? Um, and no, I'm sorry. She asked uh, at that point. Where did you get those markings, the damage to the armor? He was like, it's a mudhorn. And he's like, okay, I'm going to make that your signet. And that's when we had that conversation. No, I'm sorry. It wasn't a noble kill and all that other mm-hmm. stuff. So then she crafts for him the, what are they called? The, the whist- whistling birds. The whistling birds. birds, right? Which show up later on in the episode. She makes the point to say that these are very rare. So he's getting a weapon that not every all of the Mandalorians have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. that's the, that's what I took out of it, right? Um, Maybe it's difficult to make or something like right, that. Right, exactly. And at that point, you got big man on campus come up. Right? I think it was just before was it that, that. Was right? it that after? It was just before that, like when okay. big man comes out. Because remember, the, she does all the f- the forging and stuff like that. Um, after yes, they have yes, the conversation, because right, remember the best car is still unsmelted right. when when. Your favorite new character comes so, in and has an argument. Voiced by Jean Favreau. Yes. The heavy Is artillery. It? Yes. Oh, man, I didn't know that. That's mm-hmm. awesome. The heavy artillery Mandalorian. Voiced by Jean Favreau. And it's interesting because this is not the first time he's voiced a Mandalorian. He also voiced a Mandalorian in, what was it, Clone Wars, I believe it was? Yes. Yes, the Clone Wars. That character was called Pre Vizsla. And Pre Vizsla in the new canon has a very special place in Mandalorian history. The heavy infantry troop uh, Mandalorian, that is Paz Vizsla. Okay, Mm -hmm. so there's a connection there. Now, just going back to history of Mandalore, the Vizslas, they have a rich history. Terry t- um, Tar A Vizsla is the first and I believe only Mandalorian Jedi in the Jedi Order. So again, there's some some big uh, shoes to fill there, right? He looks at the uh, it's heavy infantry, heavy, heavy artillery. Yes, yes, I'm sorry, heavy infantry, right? Um, he looks at the the Beskar steel, which has the imperial symbol emblazoned on it, and he takes issue with that because, again, um, the Empire is singularly responsible for wiping out their numbers. He makes the case that um, the Empire is the reason why they are in hiding. Yeah, The Empire is the reason why they can only go out one at a time. And probably, and this is me you know, extrapolating the reason why they keep their helmets on because they don't want to reveal who they are and stuff. It's like Watchmen. Right, exactly. Um, And so he takes issue with the Mandalorian because basically he's in bed with the Empire. Yeah, that's the way that he looks at it. That's the way he looks at it. Like, I I won't associate with somebody that, like, uh, you know, uh, associates with the Empire. And this this is another case where... You know, you make the case that maybe this Mandalorian is not truly a Mandalorian because there's a fight that ensues and, you know, there's a, uh, a Mexican standoff with the knives, right? Yeah. So, like, I mean, that that fight starts with, like, uh, the he heavy, tries to the, rip he off. He grabs the helmet, helmet. And that instantly, like, 
throws uh throws you into this fight scene where mm-hmm. it's a pretty cool fight scene that ends with like um each of them with like a vibrating knife at each other's neck. Uh, and he of, was right? trying to take off the helmet. Yeah, exactly. And you then um, the shades of the, some football stuff going on there. Right? <laughs> oh lord! <laughs> and then the armorer kind of interrupts, right, with uh, some uh, Mandalorian lore, mm-hmm. that, you know, which is pretty cool. And and, and, um, the, and yeah, go ahead. The interesting thing, and I don't know what you guys think about this. The interesting thing is that she chooses to say, w- if one chooses. The way exactly of the Mandalore, exactly. Yeah, you mm-hmm. know, you are both hunter and hunted, and that to me was really, really interesting because she could have just said, "You were born a Mandalore," you know. You have you ever taken off your helmet? No. Has an enemy taken it off for you? Never. If you choose the way of the man of, of the of the Mandalore. You're both hunter and hunted. I found that very interesting. And then after that, you have the extended sequence of his memories or whoever's memories there are. And we realize this is probably around the time of Order 66 because you have the droids, the super battle droid. That's the one that it looks like kills his parents and stuff. Well, that's actually something that's puzzling. How can it be the purge of Mandalore if it's CIS super battle droids? That kind of fits more in line with the Clone Wars. Because remember, in Revenge of the Sith, they more or less had all of those battle droids decommissioned, shut down. That's why Anakin was sent to Mustafar. That secondly. is true. But, but the purge was, or the, the Jedi purge was already happening by the time that. Oh, yeah, he, I know he that. Was, he was going, so maybe they were still utilizing those robots. It's still unclear exactly when it happened. You know what I'm saying? That's one thing, whether the Jedi Purge and the Great Purge are one and the same. We're still not 100% sure on whether that's the case or not. You know? So, you know what, what do you guys think, think about that scene? I actually think that that little tidbit adds to him not being a quote-unquote legit Mandalorian. Because if the Mandalorians were great purged, it would most likely be stormtroopers and the like. Mm-hmm. But we're not seeing that. Where this is clearly a different environment with a different faction at play. Yeah. Wait, so let me ask you this. Do you think that like there's a possibility that this guy is posing as a Mandalorian straight up? Which, which character we're talking about? Mando, the Mando, main character. Man, yeah, the Mandalorian. That's that's why I know you don't think that there's a hesitation there, but I think there that there's no something going on there because Look, when he asked if it was ever been removed, when yeah, when they ask him if he's removed it, he says no immediately. But when he asks if it's been removed by an enemy, there's a pause. There's, they don't you know, can even you can so see they, it in they, the closed captioning and I think everything. That's more for a like a dramatic, dramatic never. Pause. Versus a hesitation never because I don't they know. Shown, I think there's like, a lot hesitation. of subtle stuff that they're putting been, in here. Yeah, but it, you know they they know that like they gotta show the subtleties with body language. I think they would have showed hesitation by him kind of looking away for a moment and then replying never. He didn't do that. He's in the middle of like a Mexican standoff with a knife to his neck. And I don't think. And right now what we're doing is we have the scene up on the television right now. And it's hard to see if there's any kind of hesitation. We don't have the. You can only kind of see it in the captioning, so but I there's a split a second. Pause. I'm it's, but it, it, but I think that's for dramatic effect, not for 
Let's just and it's run it back see, one more time. But see, here's the thing though. It's harder to do that with subtitles. Yeah, actually, it is hard. But I but I remember hearing it. That's why let's, yeah, let's let's, let's put the volume on real quick. And we'll see okay. what happens. No, let's um, let's go. So, let's put it on. Uh, please, uh, everyone, stand by for a moment while we decide whether there's a hesitation. I, think, I, I personally think this is a more important moment. I'm not sure. Oh, hold on, let me take the mute off on my. That's a long pause, dude. That's not that yeah. long. Compared to the first one, look, know. let's do it again. The first one, he answers instantly. The second time, he does not. One chooses this way of life. Well, there's a poise there, too. That's, long, that's a longer pause. There's a pause on both of them. I think, I think we but I think that that's I think that that's significant, and especially when you consider that we're looking at the scenes earlier where it's supposedly the purge on Mandalore, but we're not sure, right? We're mm -hmm. checking this one more time. Okay. How can one be a coward if one chooses this way of life? That's two seconds. That's two and a half seconds. I mean, it's. it's I think that's just for dramatic effect, yeah. man. I think that's just as acting. I think the thing. I think that you're thinking too much into it. I, I think, don't know. I think I think, I think that 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 this is going to be important, but we'll see as the show continues. I think the thing that's the most important thing is how he reacted when the heavy artillery, heavy he infantry, heavy, heavy infantry. infantry, how he reacted instantly when he even grabbed his helmet. There was no pause there. The minute that he but you're not going to pause if you're if you're not a Mandalorian and somebody is trying to expose you as not a Mandalorian. You're going to grab that mask immediately and be like, "You're not exposing me," is what I. But am. in this instance, you know, they're making this big this big point that nobody is supposed to unmask you. Nobody's supposed to touch your helmet, and you know. I me it it just seems like it was it was one of these things where the minute that he even went close to the to the helmet it was like oh you oh no 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 this ain't happening bro yeah you know no, he, went, he went you ain't blowing this smoke homie exactly so but we'll move know, on from that moment because yeah, we'll you know see what? where it goes exactly right? the, I'm sure if this was something that um, was done purposely we're going to see in future episodes so you know. We'll hold that that discussion off until that happens. Yeah. We'll know? move on to the next scene after this one, which is again, this is this is one of our favorite scenes in the episode. So that's why we had to spend a little bit more of a moment on it. So I like all the scenes in the covert. Yeah, I the scenes in the covert yeah, are all great. great. They're yeah, awesome. They're, they're they're something awesome. to that, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Well, it's because of the whole like kind of like there's like mysticism, tribal kind of uh gatherings between all the Mandalorians that are left. Um there's there's just like this very ritualistic uh, kind of interaction. There's world building at that right? point. You know? I mean, you know, every time that he goes in there, he kneels like he's like worshiping the armorer. Mm -hmm. You know, which again, to them, weapons are their religion, exactly. right? Exactly. So the armorer would be their priest. Yeah. Right? That's, that's so true. So that's kind of like the way that it's working. And then they're bestowing him with this like, um, not just the weapons, but also the wisdom, you know, right? Because as soon as she starts speaking, everybody stops. Okay, yep. she didn't have to tell them to stop with the knives. Mm -hmm. Okay, when they were at a throw, she just started speaking, and they they paused, they stopped, you know, to hear her. 
So um, there is like a very like, you know, mystic, ritualistic kind of uh, reverential feeling you know? that you have. Yeah, they, you know, the 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 reverence that they have with um, their that culture, um, I think is really really important. So, but um, but yeah, now we go into. Uh, he returns to the Bounty Hunters Guild with his shiny right. Captain Phasma like yeah. armor. I love Everybody how they stare him. at yeah, him. Yeah, everybody's like, "Look at this guy." <laughs> He is fabulous. <laughs> and I just, I, I love how in this scene also, like, um, oh, no, I'm sorry. It was the earlier scene where, where uh, Grief Karga is just calling everybody out in the bar, like, you all suck as bounty hunters <laughs> except for this guy. <laughs> that's, an, that's an awesome moment uh, in that scene. But this is when he returns and tries to discuss what the heck is going on. Exactly. <laughs> and uh, he gets offered the Twi'lek the Twi'lek healing bats. I don't know. And the the, the you, Cam Tono of Spice. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. Are we feeling the healing bats here? <laughs> well, this this is a great scene also because he finds out more about how the bounty was so important to this client that that Grief Karga gave the the tracker out to every single bounty hunter that's standing in this yeah. bar. Yeah. yeah, that's true. And nobody can get it. You find out a little bit more from this moment just how important the child character baby yoda's character is but that that also kind of comes to play like in like the final scenes too which is mm -hmm. really cool how they did that mm -hmm. yeah. how they how the, how the how each one of the bounty hunters having a key fob uh, a fob tracker kind of came into play it was really really cool so e john eli, eli yeah yes eli, i thought the same thing is from john wick three same thing it was like what is this john wick eli eli oh my gosh like yeah that. there is like you know what I'm oh saying? wow when he was watching it, he was like oh, man. oh my gosh it's john wick that you know what true. i'm saying everyone getting in the cell phone text mm -hmm. message mm -hmm. but there's an important scene here because um grief shows off the beskar steel and that he shows the play location later. of the beskar steel on his person which definitely comes into play later um this is an interesting scene, too, I think, because when Mando has the conversation about taking his next job, you can also see more of what Meta was saying, how far he wants to distance himself from the child because of the guilt he's feeling of turning it over to the client because of how he connected with it. You see, he's like, the farther away my next mark is, the better. Like, the farther away we are from this planet, he's just the better off I'll himself. be. He's trying to throw himself into his work, where, like, a lot of people in real life do when they are facing some sort of, like, you know, traumatic experience or mm -hmm. just, like, things that they want to kind of get away from. They just throw themselves into work to try to distract themselves. But yet he has to ask the question again. He still does yeah. it. He you still asks, what are you going to do with the kid? What's the Empire going to do with the kid? And, and I love the fact that they start hinting at the New Republic. Yes, yeah. that's true. At, the, yeah. at that point. So, and it's a know. joke to him, too, right, which is exactly. great. You know, it's like, he was like, you can go to the core because, again, we're in the outer rims here. You know what I'm saying? You can go to the core and complain to the New Republic. And he's like, oh, they're a joke. You know what I'm <laughs> it makes you wonder how much of the history uh, he knows also, because does he know somebody or was he around? He probably wasn't around when the Old Republic fell. But like, I wonder how much he understands about that history, which is why he refers to the New Republic as a joke. He just mm -hmm. sees it as a cycle, maybe, that's just going to keep continuing, which we all know that it does by the time we get to The Force Awakens. But this 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 scene is great too. When you get to the next one after he visits Grief Karga, he's about to leave. He's got his puck. He's about to go to his next mark, and then he reaches for that lever to to throttle yeah. up his ship. Yeah. This is actually one of my favorite scenes in the entire episode. It's like a father son moment, yeah. right? Yeah, 
like I said before, 100%. yeah, man, father-son stuff, man, it kills me. This is the moment. And this is a scene where, like, speaking of the criticisms that you were talking about, this is where I tell that th- those, those exactly. dudes to F themselves. Because exactly. this is a scene where he really powerfully conveys... You know, it, it's a little bit more of an exaggeration. It's almost like a, a stage way of acting because you have to exaggerate moments and things like that. But you get he, that he, emotion out of that. He stays on it for a moment, but you know what the heck he's thinking that at that exact moment. Yeah, and this is also... he does everything. Like, he grabs a lever, he slams it down, he turns off his shit by, like, aggressively pressing all the buttons. Mm-hmm. You see the sense of urgency that he has. Yes. To now go and uh, go and see what's going on with so his uh, baby Yoda. To those critics that say that you can't convey emotion behind the mask, go f yourselves. Right? Yeah, you, know you have nothing. to give John Favreau you credit here too. You know, for the way that he oh, directed the scene. You know, John Favreau does a great job, or he not does. John Favreau? Excuse me, um, Deborah Chow. Deborah Chow, the way that she directed the scene and the way that it was written and probably plotted out by John Favreau mm-hmm. just helps you to get that emotion from. These ma- these masked moments, if we'll call them that, right? Right? Oh 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 oh! oh. What did I say, guys? We got Disney Plus up on the screen. Error code eighty three just popped up in the middle of watching the episode. Are that's, you that's, kidding me, that's, Disney that's Plus? Disney Plus telling the, telling us oh to go back God. to our actual podcast as opposed to watching the episode. <laughs> yeah, we were about to just like zone in on and, and forget that we're recording here. So he he heads back to the 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 place where he met up with the client and Doctor Pershing, and um, mm-hmm. he uses that apparently that rifle is also a um, eavesdropping device. It's a directional you know mic. Saying? Yeah, it has every, that thing. Has <laughs> Which everything. is awesome. And um, so again, we have we have a conversation that he eavesdrops on with um, the client and Doctor Pershing, where he's like, "Did you extract the material?" And again, I can you, no longer protect you. Exactly. He says to the yeah. doctor. Yeah, we you have to hurry because I can't protect you any longer. And it's also important to note that when he's talking about material, I think he's talking about obviously the DNA of the baby Yoda or the midichlorians or the midichlorians. Because the other thing too is that like that doctor represents uh, clones. You know the clones from Camino. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, I think that that's like. I mean, obviously, very telling about what's going to happen, but then I don't know. It's kind of weird. You know right? what I like? How do you how do you think I that think plays in the larger universe? Because well, see, here's the thing, right? I because have a theory. Yeah, we wait, might wait, have a similar on, theory, on, but we'll see. The the final episode of the Mandalorian comes out the day before. Exactly. Uh, Skywalker. Rise of Skywalker. Uh, Rise of Skywalker mm-hmm. comes out, so like I think that like whatever's going to happen. Anything that they're trying to do here is obviously, I think, going to play. I mean, if it doesn't, I think it's going to be a very huge missed opportunity. I think that this so. has something to do with Palpatine. Thank you. That's where I was trying to get at. Yeah, it, that's that thing where it's like, look, uh, you got to do this or I'm not going to be able to protect you. That had some very major Sith vibes right there. Mm-hmm. Like, even, like, there's this scene I remember so well from Return of the Jedi mm-hmm. where Vader tells the commanding officer, bro, Speed up the uh, construction of the Death Star. Well, we're doing as much as we can while the Emperor is coming. Oh, he is? <laughs> and beware, because he's not as forgiving as I am. Mm-hmm. We that, had <laughs> that had some major vibes of that. Maybe Snoke. For me. Maybe Kylo. Well, it couldn't be Kylo Ren yet, yeah, but it could be but Snoke. 
It could be somebody related to Palpatine, not necessarily Palpatine blood itself. relation, you know? It could, it could be. be. I guess we don't know. Well, my, what my, 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 in, in Supernatural with Grace. And you're adding, so maybe he's a diminished form of the Emperor and he needs more midichlorians to power himself back up. Oh, I see what you're saying. Like the saying? way Castiel. That's what I was just going to say. Yeah, when he went on his, well, he didn't want to go on a Grace or, but Or... Remember, and and this is way out there, but remember, um, the Emperor did create Anakin through the Force. According to the comics, yes. Oh my to God. The Are comics, you right? saying this is another one of his Force babies? I mean, Listen, yeah, you, one never knows. It's canon, like, so you never know. You know what I'm saying? And maybe that's why it's so important to the Empire. This and was in a, a fifty-year time span. Oh my God. <laughs> So there, there are there yep. are some echoes that you can tie back, that you know, that either can go backwards or you can go forwards with the storyline. There's there's an endless amount of, you know, routes that you can take with this. You know what I'm saying? You have, I mean, you have your people who are theorizing that Ray might be a clone in some way, but how does she get she her powers? Could force, uh, she could she be could a force be entity, but it's also yeah, exactly. why is the doctor included, right? There's there's such a really important re- there has to be an important reason why Camino is being referenced in right. this. And remember, we're gonna go non-canon. How was it th- uh, if we go to the Legends verse, right? Mm-hmm. After Palpatine died on the Death Star, mm-hmm. he was a clone. Yes, mm-hmm. there were other he was returned as many clones. Exactly. Actually. So are we now? taking and cherry picking that particular point out of legends and bringing it into canon you, we well, don't know yet right yeah, but even know. even if you were to disregard that this could be palpatine related the fact that this is this is the empire environment mm-hmm. so like to see that aspect there I, I really like it like the empire is dead but still got some higher ups you gotta fear <laughs> and is the empire truly dead based on those trailers? Yeah, we we the might first find order, Yeah, we might find some of the origins of the first order in this series. There's yeah. so much that there that seems right. to me like they're looking to tell you about with yeah. this series. So, um we're past 2 hours, so let's wrap this thing up. Um <laughs> <laughs> We really got to get going because I, mean, I so think Yeah, so so yeah, so, so, we're so we at, have we're in the Mandalorian the, is uh going back to the meeting place where he dropped off baby Yoda and he uh, full frontal up, attack. Full frontal attack. He 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 in in he channels his inner Boba Fett and infiltrates the base. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> infiltrates the base and takes out like all the uh, uh, stormtroopers in in, in in very creative ways. Some of them um, can actually hit the mark. Some of them can. It looked like yeah, right. Oh, um, did you guys? One of my favorite well, ways. Sorry, go ahead. Sorry. One of, one of my favorite ways. One of my favorite uh, killings was. Uh, when he used the uh, grapple hook to pull oh, him yes. into the knife, yeah, that was awesome. He shanked him, yeah. Um, and he goes in to rescue Baby Yoda. Uh, the uh, interestingly, the the doctor was saying, "Please don't hurt the baby. Please don't hurt him." Mm-hmm. He thought that maybe uh, the Mandalorian was there to kill Baby Yoda. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's kind of interesting to note, obviously. And now um, we know the sex of the child. It's a him. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. Yes. And, um, and so anyway, he takes Baby Yoda out, and he continues to he continues uh, to to fight against the uh, stormtroopers. At one point, he has, funnily enough, he has the four like four that show up. Where in the first episode they were like, 
we outnumber you four to one. He goes, he goes like, I, I like, like those odds. odds. And <laughs> uh, in this one, he says, hold on, I have something very valuable. Let me put them down. And when he does, that's when we have the um, whistling birds. The whistling birds come out, which Being is used. super, dope. super awesome. Yeah, yeah super yeah. dope. Um, and uh, he comes out uh, on the road to the ship. And one thing that we saw is that as soon as he escapes like that little compound, we go back to the um, to the the bar where um, all the uh, bounty hunters are, and we have our John Wick moments. John Wick moment. We have the John Wick moment where everyone's fob is beeping at the that same time, crazy, and man. not just there, but everywhere else in the alleys and the town and stuff. Mm -hmm. As he's walking around with this little wrapped up, you know, item in his arm, everybody's fob is blinking, and wherever he goes, starts blinking really really fast to let him know, hey, he has the item you know mm -hmm. and those cats came out guns pointed yep. they weren't even guns. playing yeah they <laughs> you were know they guns weren't they weren't hiding the fact that they were going after him they came out with their guns straight pointed at him you know and he gets confronted by grief i think um also the fact that Gr grief himself and all of the bounty hunters confront him is even more of a hint as to like how important this mark is and how important the um, how important the client is if he's able to pull literally every single bounty hunter that's on that planet it seems like in that moment to make sure that he's not able to get away with the child well, it's also bad for business it's bad for business because but he, the, they did mention in that first episode that um, not a lot of people want to pay guild rates it's, so it's, they do have competition also so this is not a good look for them it, to, to me though it's also interesting because grief himself is one of the pe one of the bounty hunters that shows up. It's that's yeah. how important it is. He doesn't let every other bounty hunter deal with you it. You got management involved. You know? But that's, that's not even it, that's it's, huge. it's on top of that. Consider the fact that these guys are taking on the one bounty hunter that they're all also afraid of. Like he's the guy that mm -hmm. they're like, you know, I can't mess with this guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? But yeah. they're willing to like, you know, without a moment's notice like, hey, you know what? Drop everything, point a gun at this guy that mm -hmm. everyone's afraid of. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know. He carries a reputation with him. You and know. then the next thing that happens is one of the coolest things, right? So, like, he, you know, decides, they tell him, like, look, you know, you have to, like, you got to do it. You got to, like, hand over the baby, and then and then we can negotiate and figure things out. So he looks over at his feeder. He goes to put the baby down, and then he obviously, like, I don't think that there was ever a, a moment that he truly was thinking about, like, giving up. But he made it seem like that. Maybe the thought no, crossed his mind. Maybe when he when he said, "I'm your only hope," I, I think maybe for a split second, yeah, that, that made him walk over there. But as yeah. then on the way walking over there, he was like, "Nah." Yeah. Hey, and this he ain't goes on to take on all the bounty hunters, disintegrating left and right under the cover of the speeder. Um, it's almost a surprise to them, right? Because I guess, he, yeah. he mentioned he was like, "That's an impressive weapon." You know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It, it, but it, but he keeps going up until he starts running out of ammo. Yeah. Right? And that's when like he uses the flamethrower, has no more gas. Um, and again, and conveying emotion without, without a yeah, face. Because yeah. that moment where he looks at the baby, that's when true. he realizes yeah, that's true. that... Like, it might be over. Yeah, this, this might is be it. it. You, know? you know what I mean? And then we have the big payoff. Uh, well... Mandalorians, all of them, all of them come out, all of them, jet the whole covert, jetpacks flying in, taking out all the bounty hunters, um, and the 
the the the one that comes to the actual rescue is the heavy the heavy infantry. infantry yes. Uh, I got that right, right? Uh, that Mando, dude's yeah. Iron Man, man. Yeah, that dude is Iron Man. He, he gives me Iron Man like, vibes. Yeah, he, he protects me. He's like, get to the ship. Um, and, uh, this is the way. Mm-hmm. And he tells, him, he tells <laughs> him that, like, he tells him that yeah. we're, we're going to have to find a new, like, hideout, basically. And he's like, this, this is, is the way. way. This is the way. You know? And yeah. then he flies off with the heavy, the, the, the heavy infantry, um, Mando he's just, he's just flying next to him, everybody. straight up like Iron Man. Also, mm-hmm. oh, but right? get get back to the point where he gets to the ship. There's yeah, that we can't forget scene. grief. Oh, that's right, yes. that's right. With grief, I forgot. Yes. Yeah, explain that scene. Explain that scene. So he he gets you know the Mandalorians are taking care of business over there and stuff, um, and he finally gets to his ship. And as he's boarding the ship, grief was there hiding, apparently on the roof. Because he no, climbed, he was he was he off was to the side near the entrance. He no, was like he climbed down. Oh, I might have not noticed that. Yeah. He came off from one side. Right. That's another on. instance where he like kind of gets the drop on him because he's exactly. also the one that stops the speeder by shooting the droid. And he's the right. only one. True. He's yeah. the yeah. only yeah. one that thinks about shooting the droid. I he's, mean, really? You can tell that he was <laughs> well, probably that a bounty that hunter that's back that's in the day. That's why those head. other bounty hunters are irrelevant. <laughs> that's, why he, that's why he's the head bounty hunter. Yeah, well, I mean, it was like what you were talking about earlier when we were watching some fight scenes. It's like he has the experience, even though he's not the young buck. He's the smartest one. Yeah, that's why he survived this long. That's why right, he's the head right. of the bounty hunters, yeah. you know? So he climbs down from a, a perch somewhere inside the hold of, of Mando's ship and gets the jump on him. And he says, you know, I hate that this is comes to this or something to that effect, right? Right, right. I you didn't know? want to do this, whatever it right, is. Right, exactly. Says. And then, um, of course, Mando. You could tell he doesn't, too, because I just right. want to mention when, when all yeah. of the, the communicators. Well, when all of the communicators go off John Wick style, though, you see Carl Weathers' face kind of like get. Yeah, upset. Gets upset yeah. He gets a little upset. Uh, he He's doesn't like, want to do this, but I have to. You know, like he says, job, and he has to, but he yeah. doesn't really. He doesn't really want to. I yeah. don't think. And I think that's By the important. Way, a side note: I wouldn't be surprised if griefs like the way that his like whole story is that he's the bounty hunter that swooped in on everyone else's bounty and kills the bounty hunters to take the bounty. It seems like that's kind of like his thing. Yeah, it could you know be. I mean? It might well might be. Yeah. yeah, and I, I think that'd be cool, like cool little like kind of background for him, but. Yeah. Um, so they have that little conversation where it was like, how could you betray the code? And, you know, I, I, this is not the way I wanted this to happen or whatever. And basically what happens is Mando uses the, uses the grappling hook to grappling. turn on the, the carbonite, right? The smoke and, and all of that. No, yeah. it's not the carbonite. No, it's if not that carbonite. Was carbonite, but that, that, but he would have gotten carbonite. Yeah. But he definitely, so, like, but wasn't released that the There's, like, some sort of mist. Yeah. Like, you know, the, the, the exhaust, like, when they're stabilizing the pressure inside the ship? Okay. Because, you know, yeah. that happens sometimes. I think that's what it is. I don't think it's the carbonite, because the carbonite is inside, like, some sort but of he compartment. he shut it off afterwards. He did, yeah. Maybe. So that's that's why I thought it was the carbonite, because, remember, it was similar to the scene where it where he had the blue alien. and <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Thing and anyway. Yeah. So yeah, he was stuck inside it, so. Right, exactly. So maybe, you know, he knows exactly where to stand. Maybe. <laughs> Whatever. You know what I'm saying? Well, that's but, his distraction, right? Right. His distraction, grief again, goes Stormtrooper style and starts shooting everywhere except hitting his mark. And <laughs> with one precise blast, Mando takes him out. But it just so happens to be that as he's flying away, the shot is he hits grief in the exact place where the Beskar steel is. And I don't think that's by coincidence. It's like Deadpool you think they did that on purpose? I think he did that on I purpose. I think so, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, don't, I, don't think, I don't think you make a big deal of showing the Beskar steel previous in the episode 
and having Mandel know exactly which pocket yeah, is I in. Yeah, th- I, I think that you're right. Like you It know, was a I shot forgot, to the heart, though, I forgot too. that he showed it, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but I think that this could serve to to kind of be on some, like, you know, maybe in a future episode where they meet again and he tells him, like, hey, I knew you had that best Exactly. Card you, you know, know what, what I'm saying? And maybe grief ends up, you know. Like owing them one. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? This might, this might set up a payoff later yeah, on yeah, yeah, exactly, down the line. Exactly, you know what I'm saying? Exactly. <laughs> I was like, dude, I, I knew that yeah. Best Garcia was there. Yeah. I saved your life. I didn't kill you because I still consider you a friend or right. something, something to that right, effect. Right, like right. a peer that I respect maybe, you know. And then you have the Iron Man moment, right? Mm-hmm. Where he's right. flying by. Even and then, as the stance too. Exactly. Yeah. Everything that everything was that was a callback to Iron Man. There is no way you can tell me it otherwise. You know what I'm saying? He's flying right by. He gives him the salute, and he's like, "I gotta get me." That's one, one of, of my those. favorite lines of the yeah. episode. <laughs> and that's basically where the uh, episode ends. Yeah. Yeah. He flies off, goes into hyperspace. The baby wakes up. Let's remember that. That's the oh, final yeah. moment. Right, also, right. and then he gives him he gives him the he little gives knob. Them the little right. knob. He gives him the little knob as a toy. Then they're off. Um, I just want to give us a special quick mention, though, that I like how they portrayed the stormtroopers a little bit in this episode. Sorry to go back a little bit, but it's kind of cool when you see that one stormtrooper fumbling with the flashlight. (laughs) You can tell they're like the B team kind of the (laughs) stormtroopers, and that part is kind of cool. So shout out to the stormtroopers in this episode for sucking harder than usual. And and wasn't there a point where he was like, we're going to find you, but before he could finish the sentence, he was already dead. (laughs) (laughs) You well, got crashed just into. Just one last closing note on the stormtroopers. We were talking a lot about precision, right? Mm-hmm. It's kind of relevant in the face that Mando's wearing literal plot right. armor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when when they finally hit their mark, it's a mark that they can't get through. You know what I'm saying? He's <laughs> exactly, wearing that's armor right. yeah. that's plot impervious armor. to blaster fire. Right. He gets right. shot so many times already yeah, by exactly. so many different characters. It's again, again showing how green he is. Exactly. Yeah. That's what yeah. I was about to say. A lot of people get the jump on him, you know, but he'll get better. He'll get better, and I'm looking forward to seeing him get better. Yeah, maybe yeah. like we're uh, gonna end up seeing uh, in the end uh, a new teacher since he has to run away and hide. Maybe. Mm. Who knows, man? If he's alive. <laughs> All I know is that. Wouldn't it be cool if Boba Fett's like now like his stick? Hmm. No. <laughs> nothing. I'm just trying. To, I'm, I'm not even gonna go there. I'm, I'm thinking more about how they're gonna get there because I could see it being cool, but I guess we'll see how they get to that point if that's what they decide to do. You know what I mean? Because yeah. if it's done properly, then it could be pretty freaking awesome. And forget about what John Favreau said about Boba Fett not being in it or whatever. Like, if we get the right payoff, then they, I'm they cool. Do, with it. They do a lot of misdirection, so I'm still holding out hope. But it'd be dope if. Somehow, if we tie in the whole thing that like Boba lost his armor and he tries to jump him so they can steal that armor, <laughs> and then That'd be interesting. And Remember, then she did say um, it's going to attract a lot of attention, right? Yeah, that and the whole armor. thing like has an enemy ever like taking it, uh, taking the helmet off, and Imagine. Boba's the one that takes the helmet off. That'd be dope. Maybe, dude. maybe. You know I mean? dude. Come on, oh, there's still so much to come, dude. We still yeah, have not seen Gina Carano. We haven't exactly. seen Bill Burr. We haven't seen Giancarlo Esposito. We haven't seen so many of the characters that have already been announced yet. So, um, but yeah, so that's next? that's the recap of the first three episodes yeah. of um, of the Mandalorian. Mandalorian. The Mandalorian. Uh, this is the way. This, this is, is the way. way. That, yeah, man. That, that third episode easily was my favorite episode of the three. It definitely is you know. definitely the best episode, but it, for me, it's really hard to like 
not give a 10 out of 10 to each episode. Like, I can't. It's like, close, It's a, a three-way tie for me still. They're yeah. all great you know? episodes of yeah. television. And, like, the, and yeah. the budget shows. Mm-hmm. There, there is there is no holding I back. I feel like I'm watching a Star Wars movie. Yeah. Exactly. It doesn't yeah. feel 15, like a show at all. $15 million an episode. Fifteen million dollars on the show, hundred million. I, I think mean, but it has to be because otherwise, like, yeah. it could it could have gone the way of like the DC app, right? Where like you know, like they 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 didn't put like all their you know Doom money Patrol. Well, they Doom spent Patrol money on um, DC is, Swamp is, Thing, right? That was the they one they did. spent money on, and they and they took it and away they from, couldn't spend that much money. Yeah. They took it away from Doom what Patrol because Doom Patrol is cheesy as all. It's a great show, <laughs> but many. the effects. Oh my god! I think I'm looking at a, yeah. an '80s TV show. CW, CW. Man, talking about money. Even before that. Even before that. Talking about money, like, the the fact that that they're spending so much money on this as an aside, when the Marvel shows come out, they're spending $25 million an episode on that. Yes. That's crazy. It's going to have the budget of a regular film. This basically does, too, but... Man, oh. so so maybe there's a reason why it's only thirty minutes an episode. Yeah, but oh, you know what? That, that, that it works. The other there's, some, there's some that are forty that minutes. Was the other criticism. That to me is a stupid you know criticism because there's so many people that complain about how how shows are bloated, especially mm-hmm. with the Marvel Netflix shows. Yeah, people yeah, are like, I'm okay with the pacing. They kept shortening yeah, the seasons. Like, I don't want to hear that as a complaint but because I will say this. there's no reason it has to be thirty minutes or an hour every single time. Right. Why do yeah, we have yeah, that yeah. standard still? Yeah, that's true for I streaming. Mean, Right. Well, yeah. you know what? It's not even. It's not even only that because traditionally, when you look at TV, what's the what are the type of genres that you get thirty minute episodes out? It's usually comedy. Comedy. The dramas right. are usually an hour long. A lot you, of them are. You don't. You mm-hmm. don't. Well, can you name one that's not? Well, it depends. It depends how far back you go, I guess, on TV dramas. Okay. And, and it but, depends but on whether you're comparing it to cable dramas, because cable dramas, I think, popularize right. the one-hour format. Yeah, but, I mean, that's right. only because of like the whole like you know the commercial times and things like that. Right, or, exactly. Or so just the TV time slots that had to be like managed at a specific time. Exactly. Break. We don't need uh, have those yeah, limitations. You don't need that, for that that could be that could be part of the reason why you get that criticism where it's like, oh, it's thirty minutes. So, you know, it's a drama. What I, you the know, heck, it's you know just. I think I think that a lot of these criticisms are just so that people people just want to have something to bitch about yeah bitch about that's all i was gonna say but, yeah <laughs> you know uh, personally like i like the way that like it's not they're not exactly 30 minutes they're like yeah, 39 39 minutes 41 minutes and stuff yeah. like that um they're easier to digest it makes it easy for me to like go back and watch it a few times that's why it was I, this last episode i've seen it three times yeah, it's only seen been it out twice. Like a day yeah, yeah you exactly. know you don't have to make yeah. as much time for an episode too yeah, like you might exactly. have to for and some then on others. top of that they're making yeah. sure that they're not just putting a bunch of filler in it right right i that think is that like important. when you do an hour long and you commit to like oh we're going to do eight hour long episodes now you got to find a way to fill them up mm-hmm. okay i look at them as acts if the act if they if they have to tell this one part of the movie and it takes 39 minutes to do it do it fine as long as those 39 minutes are perfect okay if it takes an hour great as long as the hour is perfect you know like it's it's a matter of like the 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 act of storytelling versus you know just you know these guys want an hour-long episode so we have to give them an hour-long episode no it's better that you give me a top quality product than the quantity Without any filler. I concur. So I think you guys can all tell out there that we love this show. We have spoken. We think many of you might love this show also. Um, That's going to be my new catchphrase. I have spoken. spoken. And this is the way. Basically, every single catchphrase that comes out on this show is probably going to end up being in your jargon in the next few weeks. Every time I promote somebody, this is the way. (laughs) This is the way. Exactly. (laughs) You know? 
So that was I a great spoken, right before I do the Apache. <laughs> <laughs> this is a great few episodes so far. I think this is where we have to close things yes. out, man. Absolutely. You can tell we love this stuff, man, because we can't stop talking about this ish. So true. We just can't stop talking about it, but we are going to stop talking about it now. All right, goodbye. Um, and <laughs> once again, we want to thank you all for joining us um, on one of the final episodes of Pop Culture Over Pizza. I think we are going to have a couple more, and we are going to have our final episode around the time of the release of The Rise of Skywalker. So we're going to go out with a bang there. But we, we do want to mention again, we would love for those of you that are fans of our podcast so far to join us when we move over to the Get Geek format. We're going to do things a little bit differently. So again, give us some time to adjust. But if you're enjoying it so far, we welcome you to Get Geek. And again, you can already find some of our social media, Facebook, Instagram. It's all in the fledgling stages. But get to us, follow us, and you'll see some great content coming out soon. Just join the Get Geek community. It's a community, man. It's not just a podcast. That's, That's right. right. We're building a community here. We are, we are we all want about you all with us, and we're, we want to geek out with you guys. Exactly. So, I'm going to be note. signing off. You guys know me. I'm Jose. Thanks very much for showing up. Wolfie, peace out. Meta, not exactly hacking out my grace yet, but uh, <laughs> getting close. <laughs> it's going to hurt. And from everyone here to all of you there, this is Walt. I have spoken. Stay geeky, people.